Welcome back, everyone. We are live. Another week of growing with my fellow growers on the Cheap Home Grow YouTube. I'm your host, Jack Greenstock, back after uh, two weeks away. But I'm happy to be here, as always, joined by a panel of amazing growers and uh, IPM specialists who I'm going to pass it off to first. And welcome, uh, Matthew Gates. Yeah, hey, everyone. This is Matthew Gates. I am an integrated pest management specialist. That just means that I know a ton about plant pests pathogens, bugs, all that kind of stuff. So if you're curious about more of that, then you can check me out on my YouTube channel, Xenthanol, where I talk about such things and I give helpful advice for free. I also just started a, a rebound to my Patreon and I just started my Discord for Xenthanol. So if you are curious, if you're one of those people who are always asking me questions on Instagram and various other places, you can uh, check me out on my Patreon. You can subscribe for a dollar a month and I will answer your questions essentially regularly. And I'm hoping to make that as democratized as possible. And uh, I'm very excited about that. And uh, I'll pass it on to the next person. Good stuff. I saw some people supporting on the Instagram that you reposted, some of the uh, cultivation members there as well. Uh, $1 a month or 10 bucks a month. And I think it's really awesome what you're doing for the community there. So I'm glad to see people supporting. Uh, next up, Dr. MJ, welcome. Hey, yeah, Dr. MJ Coco from CocoForCannabis.com. I am happy to be back again two weeks in a row. And um, yeah, we're having a lot of fun over at Coco for Cannabis. If you guys aren't in the Spring Auto Flower Challenge, try to get into that. We're doing an AirPods giveaway um, for May 4th, May the 4th. We have a space theme, so we're, we're sticking with some space ideas. But um Having a lot of fun, excited for the show. I will uh, have to get out of here a little bit early today, but I'll stick around as long as I can. We're happy you made uh, the time to be here at the start of the show and uh, whatever time you could make it, we're happy to have you. So thank you so much again, Dr. MJ, for joining us. Next up, we have Aaron the Grower. Hey, what's up panel, chat? Uh, good to see everybody. Um, I am Aaron the Grower, ATG Acres uh, on Instagram, atgacres.com. And uh, yeah, just happy to be here. Happy to have you. It was uh, really cool getting to meet you on my honeymoon road trip. Uh, I was mentioning before we went online that I'm dabbing on some granimals of your rosin that you gifted to me. So really enjoying that. So I'm probably going to take a dab of that and introduce the American one. Hello, Jack, Dr. MJ, Matthew, and Aaron Negroa, and everyone in chat. It's good to be here. Uh, I've been having a busy schedule and I always like to uh, try and calm down and hang out with you guys. So um, I'm happy to be here. Happy to have you. And uh, my dad's just getting heated up here. I wanted to ask you the American one, what you're smoking on tonight. I've been sampling some, uh, some time wreck from that, that last one. Actually I've been sampling a little of everything, but right now in the pipe is the time wreck. And uh, yeah, everything is everything is all good. Uh, I'll pass it over to and ask. Aaron yeah, Jack, on. Jack's in the middle of a, of a big rip yeah, there. Dude, He's that Puffco. Oh uh, yeah, his Puffco, by the way, is absolutely savage. Um, we fogged out his car, and uh, yeah, we literally fogged it out with a puffco. I, I just I underestimated that thing, man. And I was puffing on it for like ten minutes, like he is right now. <laughs> Good times. What are you smoking on, Aaron? Well, I'm trimming on some Mac Four. Um, not smoking right now. 
just because the baby, I took a fat dab right before I started, but that was Garanimals. So I'm equally high as Jack right now. What's up, Spartan? On the uh, same high there, and I uh, wanted to give Spartan Grown, who's a Mac fan, a welcome in and give a second to introduce himself. And uh, what are you smoking on, Spartan? Jeez, I just sat my ass down. I haven't smoked on anything yet, but uh, uh, sorry about being slightly late, but uh, I didn't realize the time. I was doing last minute transplanting. I was taking stuff out of my clone dome. So important stuff, but uh, I'm Spartan Grown. You can find me on Instagram at Spartan Grown, all one word, or you can shoot me an email, SpartanGrown at gmail.com. If you have questions, uh, other than that, I've been actually trimming on Mac one all day today. I just finished. So that was cool. So I'll probably be smoking on Mac one and I'll probably be smoking on Spartan glue. Those are the two that I've been smoking on already today. Good stuff. I just want to remind everybody in the chat to click on over to the live chat. So you don't have any of the messages filtered. I was looking over at my laptop and phone earlier to make sure that I do that. So I could see all the good people who are with us already. Uh, thank you everybody for joining us again. And I guess, uh, Next, I'll ask uh, Dr. MJ, what are you smoking on tonight if you are indulging with us? I was. I just, when you started asking this question, I was like, shit, I don't have anything ground right now. I mean, that's always my life. It's sort of like I grind up something and I got a bunch of stuff in the grinder and then I'm happy and then I'll smoke on that. And then I'm kind of like running out. And I feel like when the grinder's running out, like I'm running out. Like I kind of start rationing and packing smaller bowls and stuff just so I don't have to grind again. So I had to grind up some, and I'm, I'm working on trimming up some of the same stuff I smoked last week, some of the Shining Silver Haze now. Um, I just finished the grind of the blueberry, which is kind of my favorite right now, but I'm uh, smoking like all of it. So I'm going to try to sort of ration it out a little bit more <laughs> and smoke on some of the things that are less favorite. That's one of the perils of being a home grower, I find, is I have to like force myself to smoke some of the strains that like aren't totally my favorite strain. Otherwise they just kind of accumulate. It's easy to go through your favorite ones first and then uh, have an empty jar of that. And then a whole bunch of the other ones that don't it really, and I'm, I'm pretty good about like not doing that, but it's still, it still happens. I definitely smoke all the smallest buds first. Um, so I always end up with the biggest buds like left at the end of the different things. And I'm wondering when I'm running into like only having bigs left, I really try to, like force myself to smoke other things. I think that's also a nice benefit for your cure because like the smaller buds are typically dry yeah. a little bit sooner and cured a little bit better. So yeah, as yeah. you smoke through those, the bigger buds actually cure out a little longer. So you get a little better flavor sometimes and actually let those buds cure out. Absolutely. That's part of it. The other part is I just prefer the bud that's been cured a little bit longer. So I want to keep the best bud curing longer. And when I'm kind of like just, you know, smoking something, maybe a little bit, I don't know, I consider like a month of a cure a little bit early um then i'll just smoke the the smallest buds and the buds that i don't care as much about basically um save the best stuff for last i think on I last week the best strains for last man i go through the best strains it seems like first like i fall in love with strains and i just smoke so much of that one um <laughs> then i kind of run out and i have to switch <laughs> Once you find it, it's uh, one of those things sometimes people will monocrop and just get a bunch of it uh, in that run or just grow a few more plants of that plant. But um, You know, there's always one. It's always shifted, though. It's never been like the same plant twice. Um, it's funny because Shining Summer Haze that I'm smoking here now, the last time I grew this, this was my favorite plant. This time, it's kind of meh. I was talking last week. I might have pulled it a little bit early. Um but, you know, it's always something different. For a while, it was Kyle's strain. The New England Rock Candy was my favorite. And I was just smoking on that until it, like, ran out. And then I had to find, like, and I went to the blueberry when I harvested that. 
And I was just loving the blueberry. Before that, it's been like other things. You know, there's always like one plant in the, the grow that I just randomly like better than all the rest of them. One thing I wanted to say as a follow-up from it was either last week or the week before, I think it was last week though, you were mentioning the shining silver haze being harvested a little bit sooner and then uh, curing it for a longer time and having more of a sedative yeah. or less racy effect. And I think that could definitely be the CBN. Uh, I don't know if that was one of the things that was brought up or not. Um, I didn't hear Yeah, that it could be increasing CBN with time. Um, I agree with that. Uh, you know, it it's... I don't really think that that's true. I'm I'm sort of wondering what the what the cannabinoid that was unpleasant or I would imagine more terpene more racy was earlier. Like a terpeneline that was in there or something that vi- like flashed off at like 68 or 75 degrees that uh, the monoterpenes that suck around that were a little heavier um, maybe were more pleasant for you than the earlier end of the cure terpenes sometimes are harsh on your throat. Um, sometimes when people harvest, they get like congested because they're either allergic to the, a certain yeah, there's a little bit of the early I've had that experience before, but not recently and not with this one. Um, you know, I don't know. It's kind of a speedy, it's kind of a little bit of a up strain to begin with. Um, and, and I grow it for that reason. I, I, I really like this sort of daytime sativa strains. Um, but if you miss them a little bit, they definitely get to be a little bit too racy. Yeah. Would you have to know how long it takes for THC to turn to CBN or Anjac? Like in it's not a regular set. storage. Yeah, yeah, it's like a half-life situation. So there's there's so many factors that weigh into it. The main being heat um, and light are the right. two that primarily like oxidization as well. So oxygen getting to the right, right. So yeah. those three are the big three, to my knowledge. I think there's another one, um, maybe even pressure. Um, but go ahead, Aaron. What do you think of that 8% CBN RSO that I gave you? Did you try that? I had a little bit, and uh, it definitely helped with sleep. Um, it's very good. It was a different ratio than I would have expected when I, you, he, I just got a little vial of RSO from Aaron because he's a great dude. And um He's like, oh, by the way, I have lab results because normally I don't get that unless it's like from the legal market. So it was cool to see um, after the fact, after I had tried some. And thankfully, I had been taking it. Usually my go-to when I get new RSO is to take it in the evening um, because that way if it really like kind of whacks you or like incapacitates you, <laughs> makes you really mm-hmm. tired or sleepy or just feeling like really fucked up, then you can just go to bed um, and not have like work to do. Like as if I woke up in the morning and tried to take it. So I'm glad that you actually sent the result and kind of confirmed that there's a lot of CBN in there to, if I take it during the day, take smaller doses. Yeah. And we've, we've focused on CBN in the past and the way that we do is we just age weed. So like a year, two years sometimes. And the, you know, the results have never been 8%. That's the highest testing we've ever had. Four and 6% recently were the highest we've gotten and 8% was just unreal. And it was just super old Keith and bud. It was still just four and six percent so like not much thc really turned no 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 there's Are there's 35 percent thc as a delta eight right but the but i'm saying yeah it didn't convert to cbn really though only like two only like four percent no 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 so so you got to think about it like this if you have like 10 i don't know the exact ratios but let's say you have 10 it's going to be like a one to 10 breakdown. So 10 parts THC breaks down into one part CBN. So for, for every chunk of THC uh, that breaks down, you get only a little bit of CBN out of it. Okay. I got it. Yeah. The conversion ratio isn't perfect. I think. Right. Well, There's the a THC whole bunch of a goes to THC and then THC turns to CBN. 
So you have to decarboxylate Aaron, it. Are you looking for CBN? I am. It, okay. Talk to me later. <laughs> well, uh, want to buy a sundial? What, what is the appeal? Um, for for the sedative effect, um, it, it's strong pain it just, release as well. Yeah, it just tends to have the best impact for for my patients and uh, the people I work really? with. So, yeah. Okay, I will talk to you about that. I mean, CBD, I, I think, is usually a preferred alternative to CBN for most of those issues. But right, but that uh. market's kind of flooded. CBD never helped me sleep. I'll say that CBN yeah, always CBN, has. But, yeah, yeah, me too. Down, Same I here. Bet. Yeah. CBD tends to give me anxiety. I'm weird like well, that. Well, hold on. CBD is is sometimes isolated from THC. It's very rare to get right. CBN isolated from THC. So you guys are dealing with with probably an entourage effect um, that wouldn't be there if you're taking just like pure CBD without a THC issue. So we're talking about a combination of CBN and THC and, and CBD this, this and stuff, THC. And I totally. think CBD and, this and stuff THC had... is will help you sleep as well as as the CBN does. Not my personal experience. Like, three or four percent cbd too so you're right doc this is definitely entourage stuff but you know i have taken so much of this rso that we make here and we get the lab results for every batch and it's like usually a very particular effect around four to six percent cbn i get really sleepy but now like this eight percent i take the same amount and it's super psychedelic and it might just be mixed with that delta eight or what but i get trippy if i stay up like taking too much dayquil trippy kind of thing does it also make you sleepy it totally does if i lay down yeah i have another blend that has 31 strains that makes me sleepy for sure it's called lights out and it actually only has six percent it's it's exactly uh but it only has six percent cbn so it it is definitely an entourage effect but that cbn has as a it packs a punch one percent cbn is extremely noticeable like in a flower if there's one yeah. percent cbn it'll be very sedative um the thing with cbn i've had tested flour with ratios of cbd cbd personally is not the medicine for me cbn i make rso myself at home using the coffee mug warmer and i'll just let it sit on there for days at like two three you know over 200 degrees and i haven't gotten it lab tested but the rso that i don't give the heat treatment to versus the one that i do and it is Every, every single person I give it to, I don't even necessarily tell them like, hey, this is a sleepy RSO. They'll all say, holy shit, it knocked me the fuck out. Um, like, and for like eight plus hours, like it's, I think the heat and uh, definitely. time will definitely make it a lot more sedating. And CBN from like all the lab tests I've seen, you're right, doc, it doesn't typically show up in flower unless it's like extremely aged or got hot. So maybe that wasn't the transition. It could have been the terpenes changing as well. But um, CBN is definitely super sedative. They've even like got like one-to-one caps now that you can get like THC, CBN. um, I wonder if some of the imported shit we used to get would be high in CBN because of the transport and the time. Absolutely. So it'd be really high if you still had it too. (laughs) People saying, you know, uh, yesteryear's cannabis wasn't as potent as today's, but it might've just been different because... It, it was definitely there was definitely some potent cannabis throughout history to, i'd say it's more soporific like a, the stereotype in my high school was you'd smoke eat and fall asleep like a lot of people would get high yeah eat munchies and then pass that out. could be that could be well, that's just the, thing the stereotype about stoners i mean cannabis in general age, yeah but at that age as well. where they were getting it and where i was getting it i should say was imported mm-hmm. from canada or michigan or california 
typically. So it had traveled and a lot of the stuff you could see. And even like when I worked out here in a delivery service, we had cherry pie that was like last year's harvest. And that's when I started falling in love with cherry pie because although it was a sedating strain every time I tried it, when it was last year's, it was like almost gold. Oh, yeah. And it had gotten super ambered out and everything, not everything, but a large portion of it had gone to CBN. THCA uh, is white. CBN is like a red and yeah. THC tends to fall anywhere in between there. seems like pure THC is clear. It's colorless. Like if you see a THC distillate, it, it should be yellow clear. though. Like 99.9% can be like a yellowy gold. Almost. It gets Maybe purple point, too with the anthocyanins. That it's hard point to get one it is a color, out. Matt. Oh, totally. Actually, you're talking about be. in the resin gland itself is clear. Like I could see CBN giving it that amber look. I yeah. think that the, that's a common misconception, actually, because when I look at flower that gets tested, I see a lot of stuff that has amber trikes and very little flower that has high mm-hmm. CBN. Most of it, I would say, is terpenes. Like, I'll slap a bud, or I'll have one bud that I would say, this is the bud you smell. If, if I have somebody in my room, like, this is the one you smell and touch. Don't touch any other ones, please. Like, do not mangle these fucking buds. But everybody comes in, they fucking grab it, and they, you know, get all <laughs> up on that bud. So that's the bud. And then you'll look at that bud next to every other bud in the rest of the room. That one has 30 amber trikes, where the one right next to it has maybe one. And I think that like hitting it, that maybe it does something to the trichomes that creates those terpenes to become, start volatizing early. Because when you look at the test results, the lab results, it's very, very rare you see flower with anything above 0.5 CBN. Like if it's a 1%, that's super high. So you're you're describing something, Jack. It's just so weird because somebody else brought this up. It was actually uh, Jordan River from Growcast was talking about jostling buds and making them ripen faster that way um it sounds similar to what you just said i i had not heard of that previously um but i i saw a video of a guy who cooked a chicken by slapping it a bunch (laughs) okay i I don't sort of seems similar to me i don't know maybe that's parallel lateral maybe it's some lateral thought going on there but uh, <laughs> analogous situation I, guess. I do like where this is going <laughs> there was a chara's conversation on fucking talking shit with the eagle the other night where they were when they'd rub the buds over time the resin was clear but over time because of the heat of their hands and they would clap their hands as they're walking down the hill to build it up into a ball to peel it off their hand it would go from clear to like a brown to a black by the end of the day and there's dust and other shit in there as well but there's some I think you're just breaking the trichomes and they're degrading on the on the fucking plant. Excuse my French. Yeah, it's like a stress. Like when the plant gets eaten, right? If it, if an animal came and eats a leaf, it starts giving off certain hormones and, and stress response. And I think the same thing is if it's getting knocked in the wind or rustled against yeah, the trichomes, you're going to respond that. a certain no, way. Dude, stress yeah. Yeah. Think, I've seen it. I've I think seen you just plants the glands. flip to flower early for, from stress. I've seen, seen plants finish early from stress and it doesn't even it can be any type dude it depends on the variety but that's why a lot of small pots right but are you flower. thinking about one one cola versus the other colas yeah I it's not like those. like it finishes or develops more i think the resin itself looks less yeah i would just say killing. it looks more beat up i mean like when right, frenchy talked yeah. about he said yeah, outdoor back. farmers in the triangle they harvest by the look of the plant they're not looking just at the tri- trichome under do, a scope yeah. because it's a lot of the wind and the bugs and all the in- the pressure yeah. is so much higher there that if they went on their first few amber trichomes they'd be harvesting way too fucking early they have or to wait if, like, until we the went, oh swell. it's day 65 we have to harvest like no dude like you got so wait. i'm going to get back to this amber trichome issue because i do think that there is is 
some relationship to the the maturation of THC and the color of the trichomes. I agree with you, Jack, that it's probably not sort of just the evidence of the the CBN. Um, but I still think that there's a, a, a degree where the, the early stages of the CBG becomes THC, it's very clear. And as it matures, it gets cloudier. I would 100% agree with that, especially with hemp, you see it um, like the CBD is there early with CBG. CBG. And if you let it go too late, THC begins to develop and the clear to cloudy is what yeah. I would say is when you're seeing a lot of the THC development. Um, depending on the type of cannabis plant. But what most of us are growing is the THC varieties, like the high THC varieties. Um, when they do, yeah, I, I agree that you can look at a lot of like, even I'm not a big fan of greenhouse seeds, but if you go back to their old videos, they have like a ticker, almost like a stock ticker rolling across the bottom. They're like week four, week six, week eight, and they'll test, okay, this is um, 11% THC. Now it's 12%. Now it's 16%. Now it's 20%. And they show you at each week how it develops. And I think as, as growers, we all sort of naturally, uh, I think there's a reason so many people harvest based on the resin indoor. I just think outdoor doesn't necessarily work as well because I think like I was just talking about when you smack up a bud or yeah. when the wind is beating it up, it just, the resin gland doesn't stay as pristine as it does in a grow room where the conditions are as perfect as you can get them. They got light airflow and it's uh, as happy as you can make it. Yep. I agree with all that. And hopefully that answered. I saw some people questioning some things in the chat. I wonder if that yeah, helped if, clear up that. If you beat up the trikes, though, are they can still continue to swell and grow. Or once you beat them up, that's it. They're just decat. Like they they're they're just degrading when you beat them up. That's why I don't want people. I see them shrivel. Buds. I see them shrivel. There's a tipping point, dude. Like a certain amount, they're just going to go faster. And at a certain point, it's like, all right, then I'll just fucking skip the plump and go straight to the finish. Oh, okay. See, now that makes sense to me. Like, they, if you it's an art. A few, yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. I also all think right. it's kind of like those plants that if you like touch it, they like crinkle up, and it's not like a zero sum game. Like, if you touch it, now it's fucked forever. Like, I th I've looked at the trichomes under a microscope and tried to look at the same bud over and over. And at the beginning of the morning, like certain trikes, they'll be closer to the plant. And then in the light, they kind of expand away and they kind of have an ebb and flow. And I think when you kind of wrestle or like wrestle them up, you can kind of shrivel them in and maybe damage some or do some sort of impact. But I don't necessarily I, think it's like permanent. You can actually take the trichome right off with your hand. You'll see a lot of time like resin on your fingers. That's because you oh, yeah. literally took the trichome right off the stock. Yeah, we gotta stop. Yeah, doing I don't that. think that trichome is gonna continue to to plump after that. Right, but listen, all right, hold on, time out. So the charis thing, they say they 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 do the charis thing early, and the resin grows back, and they could do it a couple times. They say you you Americans are idiots. You kill the cow for the milk. We milk the plant until until we're ready to kill the cow. That's one thing. And uh, shit, now I forgot the other thing I was gonna say or ask. But, I, I yeah. think it regenerates resin. There's an old Afghani when they're young tradition. enough that they'd have like naked virgins run through the fields at the first harvest. Yeah. And that was their first pull of resin. And like you're saying, like the resin does come back and you can, I've tried to make charas on our like homegrown plants. There's just not enough right. plants to make charas. So like, I felt like, Oh fuck. And I'd put them back in the room and just let them grow and finish. And I think some of the trichomes too, but it's much better to not be mangling your buds with your hands for sure. Yeah. I feel like it's not the most efficient harvesting practice. No, I would think it's not either. And charas sucks. 
Like just flat out, <laughs> it's not worth it. I'd rather have the good. The plants cut. grow very quickly too. I mean, I don't think it's it's quite the same. Now it's not that hard right. to grow a plant again. Um, it was out in, in in the sun too, in like different country where they were mostly doing it. So those plants probably regenerate branches like during their season, perhaps you know. Well, and if you look at like a commercial app like Spartan Grown's over at Mitten Canico, I bet you that what they collect out of their trim bins is like akin uh, to some of the dry sift operations in some of these countries where there's like a, a group of people on a mountainside that just harvested a half an acre and they're trying to like shake this stuff out. What they're doing in an indoor grow room with thousands of plants. I see some of the yeah. stuff. It's crazy. Was it somebody in this? It might have been this show that was talking about they were a commercial entity and they would have the trimmers come in and trim. And they weren't collecting the trim bin stuff. That was Brandon. Yeah. Wow, dude. It just wasn't worth it, right? Piles and piles and piles. They didn't consider it. And they were taking it home and like kind of losing that out the, they're kind of being pilfered for lack of a better term. It's like that. um, It just reminds me of that uh, analogy about like if Bill Gates is walking down the street and like he drops a hundred bucks on the sidewalk, but like he makes thousands of dollars per second whatever he's doing or whatever his net worth whoever it's you want to insert in it. here it's like not worth it for him to like <laughs> bend over and to like to go to like the important <laughs> meeting is going to go to or something it's like i think that's what i remember brandon saying but maybe i've misremembered like they just well, want to start on the buds right they bought their own trim bins now the thing was they didn't own them so the trimmers uh, were bringing their own bins. Oh, it was. Oh, with. they were literally stolen from. That's what you. Okay, so they were pilfered, literally. Okay. They they, wow. they brought their own like equipment, and that equipment had a section basically like, oh, we'll grind up all your bud for you, but not tell you that we have a keef catcher. So they were trimming <laughs> up all the buds for him and saying like, oh yeah, we're gonna bring these trays home and then like put it in our bags and smoke on it. So he just bought a bunch of trim trays that stay at his facility now, and they're jarring up that keef. Like I'd imagine Spartan, you guys get a bunch of it, right? Oh, man, I can only imagine. All right, then. I, got I was a waiting for questions. Spartan. I was going to see if he's going to jump yeah, in. Spartan, I was going. Sorry, I'm fucking high, so I'm slow today. Um, yeah, uh, we just collect it and throw it in our trim, and then it goes and gets used to be made into concentrates. And that's why, shout out to Five Star. That's why they have all that fire concentrate, because it's basically dry sift. Well, that makes your returns pretty large and you guys, you know, make money off of the concentrate. So it all comes back to you in one way or another. So that works out. Uh, I just know when you see it, like I'm sure comparing it to your home operation, when you Ooh, see all those. Trip I, I, I don't know. It's on my, it's probably a ways back now. It takes some digging, but uh, on my Instagram, I have a turkey bag full of fucking dry stuff, dude. It just fall out of the trim bins. It's, it's stupid. If it weren't for that damn metric, uh, you guys could slip some of that down to Dank Man Dan. He could turn that some fire-ass rosin. I'm sure the processor five-star you guys have is doing a great job with it and the trim as well. Do they Dude, wash that... it or blast it? What's their process, do you know? Yeah, they. Wa- I think they're washing it. Um, uh, they might They might blast that, actually. I'm not, I'm not 100% sure because we throw that in with the trim. I don't think they're washing trim for sure. I th- yeah, it's probably all blasted. Honestly, one of the best things about cannabis is that it's so... Like and everyone here can attest that makes it such a positive plan for home growing is that it grows so dang fast. And I've talked about how much I love that about cannabis in general. Um, but yeah, like unlike a vineyard, you need like tons of space to make wine or at least grape wine. But um, you know, with cannabis, you can just kind of grow a couple of plants as we know and uh, supercharge them and be like, fine, 
you know, and get the amount that most people could use um, in a pretty good amount of time. And then you can just grow it again, right? Like it wouldn't be difficult. Yeah, there's so many approaches. Some people do the, um, you know, perpetual uh, harvest. And then you've got the people that do one crop per year. Like here in California, you can grow six. They'll grow six plants in 100-gallon pots. Shout out to SunGrown707. He's usually in the chat. I visit him as well on my little honeymoon road trip. And he showed me his garden. And it was just six 100-gallon pots. And uh, he showed me one of the stalks of that plant. He basically has like a cane. Like It almost looks like a baseball bat. It's so like fucking thick and club-like. But uh, that's his medicine for the whole entire year and then some. And he can be generous with people. And um, it's a beautiful plant. And I'm definitely, I select for the faster growing. Like I've got some Donnie Burger right now and uh, Amy Aces. And what I was selecting for after I got my sex test back was who grew the fastest from the seed, who's the healthiest and most vigorous. I've got like one Donnie Burger that I didn't even sex test because it was so runty. I just kind of kept it alive because I'm like, eh, we'll see. If I, I was making sure I had enough females to at least get one to flower out. Um, but then now I've kind of got this one just kind of like awkwardly sitting in the corner of the room still in the solo cup it's like uh, not as bad as the American ones uh, what's the update on that plant by the way the American one you've got the fucking I still got it spiral was, plant going today was like the first day where I felt the heat I'm ready I'm ready to uh, start hardening or putting it outside um, chocolate chirps be... when say that again it's a chocolate chirps when oh I don't know when on the chocolate chirps I, I gotta start those but I got a mutant plant, and that was the a question I missed last week. Was gonna someone was said ask um, ask Saint Angel about the mutant plant if he thinks it might be a virus of some sort. So I'm gonna go down and show you guys the mutant plant. And <clears throat> this is my favorite plant of yours that I you don't... do updates on. Even though you were one of my testers and grew some fire ass velvet punch, I love it when you do the update on this crazy ass plant because it's like what seven, eight months old now, and it's like less than a foot tall. And probably has like a hundred nodes. It's changed now. It looks bigger, but yeah, it is the most bizarre. That's why I haven't I'm spotlight you. killed it yet. Let me pin myself so I can see what I'm showing you. And yes, I will do the old. Uh... All right, so yeah. This is her. It doesn't even look like cannabis. <laughs> it does look. Um... Atypical. Oh yeah, it's definitely. Wait, is it behind that cactus right there? <laughs> yes, it's atypical, Matthew. It's atypical. <laughs> Excellent. I concur with that one hundred percent. It looks like coleslaw or something. It I mean, looks like. It looks like. Um, yes, it looks like. A, like, gosh, what's the vegetable? Um, is it? Am I thinking of um, cabbage? You, like purple you cabbage. Find any I'm noting? You find any nodes? Uh, down it looks the like a thistle or something. I it's, mean, it's it does really. Look and look at this. Some dead. There's some dead leaves all the way inside. It's not. That's kind of what I was. It has grown. About. Like, oh, I'm curious something. about this plant's early life. Like the first couple of weeks, was there anything traumatic oh, was, that happened to the plant? It was a mutant from birth. So he had other ones. It's butter I cheese, have, and he had other ones yeah. that grew normally next to it side by side yes. so that should be thrown I out harvested, i harvested and collected those i harvested them twice yeah, i think I this cuts. is i think you got a mutant for for real i'm usually think very so. suspicious of like actual things that happen most of the time the people end up with runs i think it's something that happened to the plant early in life it's not the genetics of the plant but, I agree with that. A lot of times people like, yeah, and, and people are like, I don't want to grow this anymore because it was a runt. And I'm thinking, I'm not sure it was the plant itself. This thing, though, 
th this thing is and it was from C. This I is mean, C, it, it you know, it's looks like, like not... you just killed it when you were like, okay, dude, I'm just going to give you some Spartan advice and kill this fucking thing right now. I don't know. Why. <laughs> I'm gonna put I think it, it belongs I'm in the worm bin. Why? What's your goal? What's your If that were to bud, dude, can you imagine the mold on that fucking thing that you're be <laughs> spreading everywhere? You know, you know and, and to answer the question, though, because like that was the original question, right? Like people were asking, like, what does Matt think about the right. potential so um it's a great exact it's a great way to explain that like there's a couple of things that could be the case impossible to really tell visually at least for me to be sure anyways to be absolutely sure um but like there's a lot of pathogens that cause problems because they change like how the genes express or they change um the hormones um because they make compounds that are those hormones or they make analogous compounds or whatever. So that can be an issue that can cause it to be similar to like some sort of sport mutation or something. Um, but in this case, like, so like if it were a pathogen, I would think of things all along the lines of those phytoplasmas I've mentioned, they can cause like witches brooming when like the nodes are really short and the uh, as you're kind of like a rat's nest kind of uh, growth, which is sort of similar to what we're seeing here. And I have videos, um, I kind of go over it on my channel. Um, but I don't even think those uh, pictures that I have really totally resemble this uh, personally. There's beet curly top virus that can be a problem. But again, if you had those issues, like you'd think that the vectors for the BCTV, for example, would have gotten to other plants. Um, is that some webbing I see on that? This one is a bud. This it's is just I'm to one is a bud, and that is trying it. to revenge it. And I don't think I'm going to succeed. <laughs> What's now, that, man? man? Oh my god! Okay, you're trying to clone that? <laughs> yeah, I okay. see a little buddy on the cup too. Good luck, a green. Good luck, yeah. There's a little. There's a little there. green there, but there's a lot of also. I think it's dead. Mold. I think, I think it's, it's dead too. It's moribund at the very. <laughs> we put that on. I was like, "What the hell is that thing?" I'm like, "Wow, you, you guys got some have... weird. You got a odd collection of little plants going on there." How's the opposite not... of Spartan? No Spartan yeah, kicks in his garden. To... Yeah, not a lot. Uh, Here's... Uh, All right, well, while we're here, there's the velvet punch cutting. Right well, I say this. I, say... I remember what a cannabis plant looks like. I say that you um you you try to get the bricks really high and see if no problems happen. That's what I think well, you should do. You know what? And it's been here for like six months. So if it was gonna attach to any other plants, it would have I would have noticed it, I believe. So yeah, that's what that's I, I think I would have thought about something like that. Yeah, I mean I was concerned at first. And you know what? I could pull up the first pictures I have of this plant. Oh, so. you should. You should yeah, let me um, I'm curious. Let me go get them and then I'll share or or somehow we can figure it out, right? That's bizarre. Yeah, so there are pathogens and, and mutations that can cause this sort of formation um, in cannabis and other plants. And it's one of those reasons why you can't always know for sure visually you'd have to get tested or something. But yeah, the fact that like other plants didn't have it makes me think it's less likely to be hereditary, although uh, and I'm sure Dr. MJ, you can back me up. Uh, sometimes not everything gets the pathogen, right? Like yeah. sometimes only a couple of them get, depending on how it gets transmitted, if it's a vertically transmitting pathogen or whatever. 
Yeah, um, if it's vertically, tra- I, I think it's something that's vertically transmitted. Just because it was, it, it started at birth and it didn't affect the other plants locally. So it could be something, a, a virus that was vertically transmitted. I'm just, I mean, I'm more used to, I guess, thinking about just mutations. Um, I mean, hop latent viroid is in vogue as I love to talk about. So, I mean, but like even then that sort of, the latent is usually the indicator that like, you're usually not gonna see a massive symptom, but if this is six, Six weeks or six months, but six <laughs> it could be six. He says six months. Six months. Right? He's already harvested the other plants that were popped from the same seed twice. Yeah, I don't. See, I don't know wow. why you would hold on to something like that. I don't know. That's so interesting. Well, Curiosity. People have geranium, Spartan. Well, I don't. <laughs> you know what? No, he, I mean, that belongs in a, a museum. You don't understand. <laughs> come, come on, Matthew. You of all people are not going to say that I can fucking have a. Yeah, no, it, you're right. It's a, it's a potential and, bank. Oh my God. If you're going to keep it, keep it somewhere the fuck else. Not by your cannabis. <laughs> yeah, put it in quarantine, right? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Well, I- if it's been healthy and not like contagious for a while, it's probably fine. I agree though. I wouldn't want to flower it because I do. I think say if you want to really commit to, if you really want to help the scientific community, Tao, you should take another sacrificial plant and just like, you know, put the leaves together and just really like rub them up it around because hop latent viroid. Here's Can't a thought, moving. just a random wild thought. What so about, you're trying what to about a little pruning? Now, Matthew, Matthew. You guys you're don't trying to spread it even worse. You, you guys don't know how to live on the edge, man. Come on now. Maybe not. <laughs> and curiosity, you guys really, you guys would just kill that. It's such a freak. I couldn't. Yeah, no, guys, I wouldn't man. have killed it, but I, I, I come do. on now, people. Dude, come I'm on. with you, Tao. No, fuck that. All right, that thank you. Around. And yeah, send no, me a I like oddity you plants. To kill it, and you know, I, I grow plants and I enjoy growing plants. It's fun. Let me six months. It's this tall. It's the new Mac one. It's the new Mac, Spartan. Okay. So listen, when I get that plant, they grow six feet a week. When I grow that, when I have that plant that grows six feet in a day, now I know what to cross it to, Spartan. Super I want to see the progeny of this plant. Leaves, You're right. What I, the fuck are you going to cross it to? It doesn't even have fucking parts, man. I don't, parts, know if it's man. I don't think you have parts. Listen. You, let me, you get it your honestly looks like some... a reveg nightmare, but listen, it's just cool as a novelty, bro. I like looking at flowers in my yard, too. It's you know? a novelty. If you have You can't tell me it's function. A flower is good to look at. I agree. What's the function of that? Listen. It looks like you know what you do. You you take this plant, okay, and you go to Hollywood, and and you go, "Hey, I know that you're really starved for plants. Like whenever I watch a movie, it's terrible. I go to a movie. Oh, it looks like a planet. uh, You know, Naboo. Oh, it's Southern California, of course, right? Um, Those oak trees look really (laughs) look very much like these plants from some moon and some some universe and some TV show. Bring it to them paint it a color and be like it's your new alien plant um give yeah. me the hundred thousand k you know yeah. like yeah, yeah. <laughs> do something like that with it and maybe it's already um, instagram famous so i think that yeah. the justification for keeping it alive just not in your room just make i never put it alive not in your room. agreed i agree Let's... with spartan get it get it out of there because it's probably Let me ask you guys something. even if that soil has just been sitting there i mean what do you what do you feed again I'm all natural stuff. Let me right, let me ask you guys right. something. Are you sure? Do you, do you guys <laughs> love? I, it's like you guys don't even love your plants. Do you have five? We love we love you, God Almighty. Listen, if if one of your kids came out not right, 
All right, that's Dude. like you guys have no love Dude. for your plants, Dude. man. I'm really uh, Spartan. Say eliminate. I'm a serious <laughs> man on that. The, so yeah, you just quarantine that power. one out in the yard somewhere. <laughs> that's the one oh, we keep in the basement back. Yeah, I respect yeah, your lock opinion. Lock in the basement. I respect your opinion, bro. But but you're projecting your beliefs on your plant and. The only thing I know how to deal with my plants is how um, they would be dealt with in nature. And that's uh, survival of the fittest, not the worst. I didn't baby that thing. It's growing on its own. It's not growing, dude. What are you talking about? It's growing. <laughs> it is growing. It's just grown very slow. No. It's growing. <laughs> I say you cross it with like the Australian mold. bastard cannabis that's and the, the duck foot and the. Um, it doesn't all of those look other... like cannabis. Right. It doesn't look like cannabis. No, dude. So the I plan st- from the beginning is I'm going to put it out in the yard and show it off to everybody. That's there all. There you go. But, that's, but you're not worried about it uh, like just breeding. Botrytis or something, and just no sport man over the place. No, and tuck through your fans and shit. Even Botrytis doesn't want it, Spartan. Okay. Okay. Well, let me put. I don't know. I can't. I just don't. No, I'm not saying kill it, man. If you love, if you love it, that's great. But I just still, I wouldn't put it in my veg. It's it's a it's a risk, man. It's not worth risking your whole garden over. Definitely could be a biosecurity risk. Hey, has it shown uh, like? Uh, sex yet? No, it's not even. It hasn't a, shown anything it, yet, dude. It hasn't, even, it hasn't it even clearly shown that it's cannabis yet. Sh- okay, Apparently. I don't know. If, it is a pretty cactus. It, um... That's kind of what I was asking yeah. when I was asking you, like, if if you could find nodes to see if you could find any kind of a. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't even know if it would, it might not be able to even sex. You know, I don't know. I'm gonna put it outside and see if it could get a little more uh, bulky. But it's but been under 18 hours, hours of darkness. It's been under 18 hours of light, yeah. But Put it under 24 nothing. hours of darkness. Just There's like whack it out there, there. At what point are you putting something like on life support that should have died a long time ago? I'm not giving it any special training at all. What, Does it know? have a do not resuscitate agreement? I hope so. Oh, yeah. Well, <laughs> I, that, the other Savage, one, Spartan. The one, the one that I tried revenging as a clone bud I don't know. I was praying. It doesn't look like it's going to make it. But here, let me show you guys the beginning. His credit. The early autos didn't look hey, any much better than those fucking plants. I'll say that. The autoflowers true. of the early days. Siberian ditchweed is what they call it. My poker has a good idea. He said, uh, uh, get one of those sex tests. And uh, you oh, can yeah. still sex test it that way. Do it. Yeah, throw down 10 bucks idea. on that, dude. Yeah, 10 10 bucks. Bucks. I definitely will. That's a brilliant idea. So then, am I sharing the screen right now? Then if it's No, no you have not. Your host, but uh, you have right, not shared on. the screen. So, um, if it's a male, you're gonna kill it. No, I'll, I'll, I'll breed it to some ABC. I'll send you some seeds from uh, well, you I'm a dick, I'm you're gonna a let it just seed out the whole neighborhood, is what you're gonna do. Come on, <laughs> dude. I don't think come here, the <laughs> I don't think that thing can seed itself. Here's like, a seedling. I think yeah, you could harvest it and make a salad. Ooh, yeah, <laughs> this is not this is not uh, what I would call endearing. Um, see, look at. And here, yeah. there was two. There was another one that was similar. So that's the one that we're looking at now. The one that's that have, it. I, that does look like it might be viral. That reminds me. Now there some, was this other one. So look, visuals this other for one was a little, can look like that. This was another one of it that was a little funky, but that one branch up there at the top, that thing, I ended up flowering that out. You know, Did you and sulfur it. on there because it looks like there's some white on that front leaf. Oh no, dude, that was just because it was funky from birth that, like that like rough um sort of like corrugated um 
like even on this, even on the plant as we're seeing it now, like that sort of like corrugation on the leaves is usually problematic. Like I, like I either associate it with like broad or russet mites, which this isn't the case because it would be dead at that point. Um, but yeah, I, I will say that I've seen some hop latent viroid symptoms that look like that. Now, usually with the term latent, you, you know, that ascribes to the fact that sometimes you'll get symptoms until later on. Um, I know you guys all know that, but I'm trying to say that for the chat for those who haven't heard that before. Um, but, you know, sometimes those symptoms come up earlier. And I definitely think it's interesting to see like it as a younger plant and even some other examples. So, so wait, so what you're saying is that there's actually yeah. more than one plant. There were two plants. There that was had these, two like, that were, yeah. The other the one same issue. One of them grew out of it. One branch. Yes. One of them grew out of it. I'm starting Both to see them. more and more issues like viral, yeah. I think, Matt. Sometimes symptoms. Yeah. And then also sometimes symptoms, even with the beet curly top virus, uh you'll get the symptoms on in like sections kind of doesn't mean the whole plant isn't uh infected or that or there hasn't been colonization um but the rest of I the, just, the other one grew fine after i uh after the good part took over i chopped off the ugly part and it did good is there something about a virus that it should die quickly though well when you think about it actually for a lot of viruses, viruses it's way fire. more um advantageous to evolve to be not to be really virulent but not really lethal i think that's huge and so and so that's how mutualisms become really useful because you're not you're both of those things and also beneficial and so there's a fitness benefit for both but if you're a parasite you want to be a parasite that's not super um problematic yeah, or right. have a good dispersal mechanism. But, uh, you know, I want to move over into Spartan's camp pretty solidly at this point. Um, I, I yeah. kind of think that you should probably get that plant the hell out of your grow. Yeah, but uh, donate mean, to science first. Let's find out what they're going to do. Right. Right. Dude, science. Send, there you go. Send me a cut. Send I'll it to Matthew. Right send me a cut. <laughs> yeah, let's spread this shit all across the country. Let's do That's that. That's right. I'll, uh, send it to I'll, me. I'll, I'll, I'll run by in California. Place. Aaron has those uh, clone, those, those, uh, those, those, uh, those, 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 yeah, those clone packers. So there you go. Just send us all some and we can, we can grow a cut of it in our own garden. Let's see if we can save it. Let's see if it's a virus. That's a cheapest. Starts like don't send it to me. <laughs> this is the new uh, Dr. MJ Grow Challenge on CocaCanvas.com. <laughs> Coming to you, 2021. Oh, yeah. The grow off. Think you're a good grower? Can you grow a stunted plant? <laughs> yeah, well, we're yeah, gonna we find got a out. Challenge for you now. Yeah, Tom. Yes. In that video that you were just showing us, how uh, how old is that video? Uh, all right, yeah, give me a second because I can figure out how old that plant was in that video because because it looked pretty much one, the same thing as what you just showed us. So if it's it, a really it old video, you need to send that shit to tissue culture and see if uh, you can get it back to health somehow. That was March tenth. Like. That was yeah, that's a good idea. That was yes. that was for March tenth of this year. So it was only a month and a half ago that video. That yeah, one the ago, though, the photo it didn't look like it changed much from what you showed us. Just like I know it's it's quite bigger. It's bit it's bigger. Yeah, it grew. Is there a, like could you pick a meristem? You think you could get tissue culture out of it? Like could you find like I don't know if I could node? find the tip to the fuck. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. The top node is like the thing is so weird. Yeah, you definitely could find the top somehow. If I cut it in half, I could like snip away the underneath to the tip. 
on the off chance that it's not a virus or viroid or whatever the hell is making it grow so goofy, if you did breed to it, it could be like the Australian bastard or one of these, uh, you know, freak shows where, although at first it was thought to just look different, the guy who bred the freak show actually noticed that it has much better light penetration for outdoor growing and the air flows through it a little bit better. So they have less chance of mold, but that plant looks like it would definitely have more chance of mold and Bortritis like Spartan was talking about because it's too tight of a node spacing. But I'm really curious if, if it is viroid, if you could maybe tissue culture it out and see if it would grow at least a little bit nor more normally but retain some of the sort of twisted and uh, mutated look to it because maybe it's part genetic part like a pathogen spider plant man it was like it's just like growing a spider plant that's what it looks like so if i take you a... know you can grow like normal healthy plants that like produce a lot of really good bud too you can do that he does that too he does that too <laughs> look at some of the velvet punch I, that he grew with fire I, I have a couple of those yeah but so so the good experiment would be Matthew Gates if I take a leaf off of that thing and I like macerate it up a little bit and then like I scar another plant and I jab it into that scar would that effectively transfer if it was a virus say that one more time if I take a leaf off the mutant macerate it up a little get it like wet put a scar on another plant and like jam that stuff in there would it would it uh, infect the other plant you're For some too that much. are snip, uh, mechanically snip. transmitted, that might be useful. I know that a similar sort of thing is done uh, sometimes to like crudely test if there's an immune response to certain things, but then you can't really tell unless you do more. Uh, so Tal, right. you could just same pair of scissors, clip a leaf or a stem of that plant, and then go over to the plant that you want to test it on, like a male that you're not going to use, and then you right. clip that plant, and then wait a week and monitor it and see if it spreads through the rest of that plant that you use the same pair of scissors on. You know, I think that'd be an easy way because that's how yeah. hoplite and viroid is typically transferred. And uh, it, maybe it's not hoplite and viroid. I think it, it it's probably be... something else because it's so, it's not latent. This is very apparent. Right. So, From it the could very be beginning. just a mutation though. That's true too. True. Yeah. Or Air even just. You cut though, dude. You'd be cutting off like three months worth of growth if you're not careful. <laughs> a little bit. <dude. laughs> that is true. But I bet, like I'm thinking once I put it out in the sun, it's going to, it's going to grow. It's going to be fun to watch this fucking thing, man. I got nothing better to do with that plant and like outside. And like I said, because it doesn't look like it's weed. Like, well, there's a chance, I'll actually, the land, landlord over. If you flip it to, to flower, that it might snap out of its funk. I mean, that's one of the things that gets a lot of plants to snap out of their funk. But um, I, I don't know, man. I, I think you got to at some point get back to the whole what am i trying to do and why am i trying to do it and what are the risks and the rewards because on one are level you telling you him to a bit of fire. consider his values are you like you're telling me to kill that thing you want to kill you want me to kill my baby doc i don't i don't necessarily want you to kill it um although we all like like let's just be real we all basically kill our plants eventually yeah. um murderers i know i know we're evil we're evil murderers and that plant has lived longer than than <laughs> it otherwise would have so in a certain sense it, it got a nice long yeah, generous like a triple life. life yes lots of attention lots of Dude, fame and celebrity mutation. i think that maybe it's done everything it set out to do in life it's met its sort of vision of its its meaningful life and and maybe it could be Good. you know it's a rest. genetic mutation to resist what humans are doing. It's like if I never flower, they won't kill me. Yeah, perhaps it's smart. Survival. Yeah, smart like that. But it's been under 18 hours of light constantly. Yeah, so why would you oh. save something like that then? Fuck that thing. Huh? 
You guys That's what people said about the Mac until they smoked it. You guys just don't get no, it. No, it flowers, man. It fucking you guys, flowers, man. Does, you guys boy, just don't get flower. it. You guys just don't get it. You're right. Yeah. That's I'm trying to get it, bro. That's why I was asking the you question. Guys, but I told you the, from the beginning, if you had a son that came out, God forbid. Yeah. Uh, the American, let me ask you this. Looking at your plans What's as the best children, shit? it may be a little bit over attachment. Well, I think you guys have under attachment issues. What's How the best shit you've that? ever grown, though? The American one. What's the best shit you've ever grown in your time growing so far? It was a blueberry back in 2008 outside. Yeah, that was my favorite grow, my favorite plant. That was the so one. Every- com- compare this to that and imagine that this plant you're growing right now is as good or maybe even twice as good. Is it ever even going to be worth it if it takes you this fucking long to get to a harvest? You know, because you're not going to be able to continuously smoke it. Like, it, it's not a production viable. You'll have like a tiny bit of head stash every now and then if you grow hey, it just well, perfect. Yeah. I think it's worth sticking outside. I'll give you that. You yeah, can start a religion does do it. centered around the plant and its harvest. I think That's you right. can get a lot of people to tune into like an Instagram live where you like sacrificially, you know. <laughs> We're gonna start the, pa- the pastafari. Yeah, yeah. A sect, a sect Burned it with fire. <laughs> yeah, you got so like wait, a flamethrower. What and- if you guys? Are, what if I I do what Doc says? You bring it outside, the sunlight, and then it clicks into flower. All of a sudden, and it shoots out branches the size of my arms. What would you guys think about that? We'll wait and think, see. Yeah. I'll come yeah, over and I would, and I would think that's fucking amazing if that happens. That's what I'll think. I'll tell you right now. But still, it's just I'll remind you that I was at day one. That is the opposite we'll, of what I'm expecting. That's the opposite. We'll know of what, what the problem Listen, is. Right, right. Listen, if I if I took 16 cuttings off of that thing and we're rooting them to flower them out, then you guys could yell at me. All right, but, oh, but this one I, but little baby of a plant. But what you don't room. understand is that my my biggest fear is that it's actually mm. got something that could infect the rest of your garden. Yes, I understand. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So so like taking cuttings and all this thing that you're talking about just just scares me more like no no, i would never do that i'm not taking cuttings but this is how i feel this is kind of how i feel when people are going over to other places uh getting land races and bringing them back it's like somebody's gonna bring something with them if they haven't already and then (laughs) that'll be the neighborhood right (laughs) i'll be the ecosystem yeah It already happened. They brought this shit, apparently. Uh, who's the breeder on that? Butter cheese? ABCs? Yeah, seeds? ABCs. Yeah. Yep. So I would ask but the breeder if they have any other mutations on that line, because it looked like maybe it was the same seed line that you had a, another similar mutated in the early stages. Who bred this? Yep, yep. ABC seeds out of Michigan, I believe. What does the ABC I, stand for? Nothing? It's just ABC? ABC seeds, I think. Actually, I could hmm. bring it up when... It was a gift from Smiley, right? You got it from Smiley. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. He, he likes to get a lot of oh, Michigan breeders a, and grow their stuff. A, B, seeds? Like, oh, that's cute. Actual I'm seed. not sure if it's A, B, seeds or A, B, C, seeds. It's like the TH seeds thing with Adam oh. Dunn. There's like no, THC seeds. No, it's A, B, seed company. It's A, B, seed company, yeah. A, B, C, seed company? I'll just put it in chat. Just A, B, seed. Like... The letter A, letter B, and then the word seed, A B seed. This is when people yeah, try but to get so with their names like and they go a little. It was platinum dosi. Too clever. By, it was clever. platinum dosi by Cheesequake. So now Cheesequake like just sounds like a cool name. Well, and you've bred with Cheesequake, Tao. You've your Amy Ace is yeah. on right now yeah, as a Cheesequake yeah, yeah. male. 
That's why I was interested. That's why I actually threw it out because I do. Shredder in the comments is like Abe, AB normal, like abnormal. (laughs) (laughs) Anything but cannabis, ABC, Chiba Man. Frankenstein. You've already been contaminated, Lobster Bushbro. American bastard cannabis? Question mark. No, but the, listen, the ones that were good were legit. That shit was frosty as a mother. So yeah, just uh, just pointing out that it's not like they're junk seeds for real. They're real deal. It's just funny because I've never seen anyone grow a plant that long and have it stay that small and not Dude, be flowering. So, yeah, you guys have no idea. Man. That's because Tao um, is exceptional. Yes, you guys don't understand the how to work life and love and liberty. So I yeah, I grow plants yeah. slow. Whoa. <laughs> I suppose it's like growing an orange from seed. You know, the first few years you're not getting shit for fruit. You know, if you pop that oh. seed, you're waiting for that <laughs> fruit tree to start growing and growing and growing. And the first uh, uh, couple of years it's just developing and you're just looking at it like, hey, I'm trying to keep this thing healthy because in a few years from now, I'm looking down the road, you know, I'll fucking and there's me. I want to bust fucking but see oranges at plant. least keep producing, you know, for for mm-hmm. then decades after that. I always think about like farmers <laughs> that grow agave, that you gotta grow it for seven to twelve years and then there's one harvest and then it's that over. Is and pretty then you plant disappointing. Yeah, I just yeah. I, I spent my day. I went to the uh, greenhouse. I bought some strawberry plants because they're really cheap because they're late in the season. And I planted uh, eight, like eighteen of them today, and I ate about four strawberries that were already ready to go already. And I didn't I didn't get them in the ground yet. It's fucking awesome. Look at that. Yeah, <laughs> strawberries are great. They're like cannabis where they they have what they call runners, and it's basically like clones that sprout up everywhere. And if you don't weed them out it'll basically not get fruit as soon but you'll have like a whole patch of strawberries versus just uh you know cultivating trying to get fruit as quickly as possible you'll cut them out and basically prune so you can get fruit sooner but um it's strawberries nice just lose like most plant on plant competitions though so they need to be weeded or protected from uh other plants they work I great just... in like the hanging pots the uh, yeah. like here in california they grow really well in hanging pots and uh they grow them in that like plastic culture as well all over uh san diego I put them in my front flower bed and it's fucking all wood chips. So fuck it. I just dug holes, put them in there and it's all wood chip. It'd be good for a couple of seasons. I'd imagine. I'm reminded of the fact that like, um, uh, you know, a lot of plants that we grow are either hybrids or like we've mentioned many times before, they're not in any way resembling what they had before. Uh, lemons are definitely not natural. For example, you know, that's definitely not a natural hybrid either. Cause that happens too. Um, you know, so when life gives you lemons, we gave me, we gave us lemons. Life didn't <laughs> give us lemons. We gave ourselves lemons, which honestly is a pretty fitting uh, analogy. I feel like. Yeah, we deserve <laughs> yeah and that's it, not right? just um, with breeding. That's also with grafting to create those those fruits. Oh yeah, right. That's yeah. another dimension to that. Quickest approach to getting yourself harvest is to graft on with apples, at least like they'll graft onto crab apple stock. And I know yeah. citrus, they'll graft onto an older tree with a younger branch of a different cultivar so they can start getting that citrus on there sooner than they would growing it by itself. Yeah, if you want big apples, you pretty much have to graft onto a different rootstock. Um, you're, you're not going to get like a vigor thing, right? It's a bigger thing. Yeah, you're not going to get a, a good size apple from any tree that you grow from seed. You need to to graft it onto a, a more vigorous rootstock. It's usually a crab apple rootstock. There's wow. um I had this uh cosmic crisp and the honey crisp apples from the supermarket, and those are great. 
Yeah, uh, those are. But that's really... the thing. All these different varieties of apples are all grown on the same roots. It, it's Isn't all basically that I can't remember what that species is called, but there's a wild apple um, that they use for for all of the, the rootstock for apple trees. Professional um, at the top. Yeah, animal at the bottom you know like you know yeah. all the all the vigor and the uh, all the metaphors you want to make from that but also like the wild growth the the resistance right all those like really nice traits that you want you don't have to like put them together you can just it's like, uh, a, it's like a mullet business in the front and party in the back that's right <laughs> so do you think that Get the be, best of both uh, do you think that'd be possible to do with cannabis with like uh if you took like a weird resilient hemp variety like maybe a, a, a fiber variety of hemp that's really resilient yeah and use that as a rootstock yeah or say a flowering cannabis that you'd be harvesting for flower yeah it'd be interesting to grow out the rootstock in one place and then to basically graft on instead of cloning right so you'd have your your flower stock that you wanted to to grow and when you t took your cuttings, instead of trying to root them, you just tried to graft them onto yeah. a vigorous cannabis stock, probably a, a wild hemp um, yeah. that had a really good rootstock. And you could, you could do that. Uh, you know, the there's nothing in the biology and the botany of it that's stopping that from happening. So the only thing that I could think is it just must take a whole lot longer than rerouting. And there must not be uh, that big of an advantage, either that or just nobody's thought of this before, but um, it, it definitely is an alternative route to... It's an alternative route to, uh, to you know, taking your cuttings or whatever. I think that it. would impart any of that resistance or resilience to the upper part of the plant. Or it can it, happen. Sometimes it, it's it the maturity of the, the roots. Scion, yeah, right? it, it's basically having a huge root mass that's supporting the growth the above ground growth so um instead of you know if you took a cutting instead of having to to root it you would just have to get it to graft onto the rootstock that already existed in my imagination if you were good at grafting this should be faster than cloning um there's obviously additional work involved in like having rootstock growing too but you know you'd plant your rootstock and then you'd take your your cuttings from your mother and graft them onto those roots that are already growing it, it, this is definitely a, a possible operation and it'd be interesting to see somebody try it i, I kind of feel like there must be some yeah, part of that there's a book on it i've actually time. read and played around a little bit with grafting myself um flux uh the guy who t writes about fluxing his name's light addict he has a book on uh, Amazon it's like 10 bucks and he talks about fluxing it's like his training method for small growth spaces but within that book he covers how he does his grafting and um, it's basically like soft garden tie paper towel and cutting um, your basically donor plant with like a scalpel yeah. at a sideways angle with the plant that you're cutting at the opposite angle and then you link them together and it is possible and it does work but my question would be then what plant do we have access to in cannabis that we know like okay this is the most resistant and most vigorous best rootstock to use where yeah. wouldn't it be more appropriate to just to say hey we've got these people like oregon cbd who if you grow hemp in oregon they're the people to go to because they have regionalized stuff where they can get 10 percent cbg or 10 percent cbd on a crop across the entire seed thing where you can just drill press seeds into the ground across entire acres and like the uh cost of scale is a lot easier. I, I agree. Going to, to seed is later. better. Going to seed is going to be a more effective route, and and almost every 
mature agricultural industry, they, they grow from seeds if they have to grow perennial um, plants. I feel like the way that it would work best spitballing here, but if you had some sort of like a hemp uh, cultivar, maybe even especially bred one, maybe it doesn't exist right now. But if you had one that could basically be like a tree that just kind of perennially exists, and then you could graft the cuttings to that massive rootstock or like an orchard essentially of rootstock, maybe that would be helpful. But I agree, it sounds like the, the cost benefit analysis maybe doesn't make sense. Especially I think since the advantage the isn't even necessarily the species of rootstock that you're going to. It would just be the fact that the rootstock is already established. So, so right, exactly. way to do that. like you harvest one plants and you, you cut it down and those plants have big established rootstocks. Um, then you have another mother plant going. So when you cut down the one plant with the rootstock already going, you, you take a cutting from your mother plant and you graft it onto that stump. Um, mm -hmm. And the roots are already there. So you have to wait for the graft to take and for the plants to, to sort of um, graft onto each other. But I can't help but think that, that there's some way to do this pretty efficiently. I think a yeah, cool way like to do Doc, it would Doctor be... says in the chat, like, since we harvest, you'd have to do it so that, like, you could harvest the, like, it's almost like, um, oh, what's it called? Like it's the art. It's an arbory. It's like an arbor term, like a uh, apicking or gosh, I'm forgetting it. But it's when you, um, it's when you like chop all the branches off. Paul, 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 Paul They do it a lot here in San Diego to like avoid property yeah. damage and things like that. But I think a way that you could pull it off is if you think like, I'm thinking of the movie like Avatar. They have that giant ass mother, like tree or whatever. Mm -hmm. So you make a greenhouse in the middle of your farm most of your farm is outdoor right but then you've got this giant mother they have sections of it this is our gmo section that's grafted onto this is our uh, chem section this is our og section and you've got that constantly in veg with only so much light needed and only so much climate control needed and you could like you said grow it for more than a year maybe if you just keep on recycling that soil uh, maybe root pruning filling back in with fresh soil allowing it new space to grow you could keep this thing alive for a few years and then work off of that one, especially with like metric, you'd have like one plant tag versus uh, thousands or something like that. So you could have mm -hmm. like the ultimate mother plant and it'd be a kind of a cool thing like to, to, to tour. You go to this farm and you see all these fields, like there's the GMO, there's the chem, there's the OG, but then you go into this little greenhouse and it's a giant ass tower in this 15 foot, 20 foot tall cannabis plant with a bunch of clones that are all coming off different sections that are clearly marked and labeled. And uh, I think it'd be a cool operation, but the, cost to scale it and everything i don't know if it'd be uh, logistically yeah, what would be what would make it worth it is what you wouldn't be spending on metric tags mm. right so now you're just blue. into the sort of bizarre world of the legal regime but yeah well we are a victim of our we are already stream. doing that we though. are in that world i, I <laughs> yeah. understand that yeah we do live in a society well you Still, do for some reason well I'm you motherfuckers well, do not i do <laughs> jack knows what i'm talking about yo no. There is supposedly a perennial strain of cannabis. You guys know that, right? Kerala pretty much looked like it was going to be if uh, it didn't get snowed out over at Mendo Dope's farm. They were harvesting it in January, and that was only because it got snowed on, and it broke from like 18 feet. It was Just dangling like over and still growing with snow around it. So if it would have been healthy enough, I think it could have kept going. Um, but what, what's the perennial, or what's the one that you're thinking of, Tal? Um, Reunion Island, it's called, yeah, Zamal. 
And there's two, uh, it was a, it was on strain hunters, but I, it's, the article doesn't come straight up when I try and find it now. That's but, the shit uh, of it is a lot of these YouTube videos get taken down too. And like these purges, we lose so much of our history. That's why I'm like, trying to get this stuff in books. And that's actually one I'm not familiar with. So I'd love to hear more if you do have more. Yeah, I'm going to find it right now and I'm going to post, I'll put it up. You should also, so it would, you know, we should also mention that uh, past uh, audios can be found on a podcast app, right, Jack? Yeah, it's a Stitcher podcast. So if you go to Stitcher podcast, mm -hmm. every single one from our initial interviews to the Josie Wales interview, where all of us uh, get to talk to Josie, which to my knowledge is the only interview Josie Wales has ever done about Gorilla Glue 4 and cannabis on the internet. I've Googled around and I can't find him talking anywhere else. So it's pretty cool to be able to have the access to that i downloaded it again i'm going to try and uh, put it out tomorrow through our regular podcast so it goes to all the regular um places because i think that was a pretty monumental episode but there's like the french cannoli episodes um all of our individual episodes as well awesome. the american one getting that up there jack hey i'm Happy gonna have to, to take it. off i got i gotta get uh finished with a video that i hope to premiere tomorrow so i need to keep working on this and i gotta get some shots done in my dining room before my wife screams at me i'm gonna well, message to you a little you. later doc thank uh thanks for that cbn potential i mean yeah cbn allegedly someone yeah. who isn't me well is, is cbn illegal i don't know whatever thanks doc eventually probably <laughs> indeed yeah yeah Again, it's a byproduct of thc okay. so yes it's it's under the regulation unfortunately um Fuck. thc Unless it's allegedly like, hypothetical, yeah. I'll give you a byproduct. There we go. Like Let me sign out of here, guys. I hope you have a wonderful rest of your show. Grower love to everybody in the chat. I've been following along with the chatters today. I love you guys. I love all of my panelists. Um, thanks for, you know, let me get out of here a little bit early. And I will see you guys next week. Hopefully, Grower Love, come in and sign up for the SFAC and get in. We're doing AirPod giveaway on Tuesday. Like in two days. And if you, you can still sign up for that or update your journals if you are in it to, to be sure you register for that. Um, but yeah, grow love. Peace out, Doc. Grows love. Thank you so much for joining us, Doc. Always a pleasure to have you. And uh, definitely check out cocoforcannabis.com and all the great things going on over there from the reviews on YouTube of the lights to all the grow alongs and giveaways that he's got going on. And a great person to have on this panel. And always happy to have him, even if it's just for the one hour. Uh, he really contributes a lot to not only the show, but the community at large. So very thankful for Doc. And I'm going to go ahead and copy and paste, unless uh, the American one, did you share that over in the YouTube chat or just the Zoom? Yeah, I did. I shared it in YouTube, but I have to make a, cool. a distinction. It's perpetual. It's not perennial. So it is different. Yeah. I, uh, but... Perennial means multiple years. Perpetual could mean that too, but what's the difference well, here? Right. Well, they're saying that it just it just continues flowering, and they could harvest it, and it'll just continue flowering, and they harvest it, and it just make more buds because it's at a, it's near the equator where it originated, and I guess it just acclimated to the to that zone. So, yeah, that's what it claims in that article. Huh. I would call that perennial, but interesting. Well, right. I guess, yeah. I don't know. I don't know, but that's it was it's labeled perpetual in the title instead of perennial. So. Wait, so it's it's perennial if it flowers and then veges and, uh, then, and then comes back. Right. This just continues to flower and flower and flower and flower and flower. Uh, yeah, I think so. And that's, that's like that's different. Yeah. So now this says uh, the perpetual cannabis landers allows the growers to chop off all buds, leaving a small skeleton. So basically sounds like setting up a reveg. 
right. as stem and branches. A few weeks later, new growth slowly begins to show. In a matter of days, the plant is boosting or boasting vegetative growth again to eventually start flowering again for the next crop. Dude, true perennial. So it's like it reveges because it has to build something, and then if it's still in the the you know the obviously it's still in a flowering cycle because the uh, yeah the the flowering cycle doesn't change that quickly for it, so then it just starts flowering right away again. Oh yeah, I found that a long time ago, and it says the most experienced growers tell tales of plants that have been planted in December. Harvested the next April, then went back into growth for two months, then flowered again, and were harvested a second time in August. And some say they swear to have seen plants harvested even a third time the next April, one and a half year after being planted. I cannot confirm the truth of these claims, but I can <laughs> testify that it is considered common knowledge among the people on the island. Wow. That's some wild shit. I think a haze, like a or some of the Thai stuff, would be kind of in that category if it was around twelve, twelve all the time. Some of that stuff looks like it'll just keep flowering forever if you don't chop it down. Don't kill it all the way, yeah. It starts putting out the white hairs again, and it starts kind of building back up, even on its own buds. Like it's kind of a strange process, but I think if you chop, if it's all about managing the plant at that point, if you only take like a third of the plant each time, I think it might allow itself to regenerate or leaving like the stems with kind of taking the buds off of them, if that makes sense, you know what I mean? Just taking the smaller stems, but leaving the kind of skeleton of the plant there and seeing if it'll redevelop. Cause like right now um, I'm harvesting some plants that are holding seeds and I just didn't have enough space in my dryer. Um, I could chop a plant and hang it upside down. Oh, it looks like we got Brandon Russ joining us a little bit late, but better late than never. Um, so I've got, the top of the plants are all finished out, but then towards the bottom, like I didn't prune some of the stuff like midway through flower and like that stuff started flowering. You've got like some of these like unpollinated buds down there. So it's like they developed at a different rate. They're like a, almost like a week or two further away from harvest than the rest of the plant, but it looks like a completely different thing because they never got pollinated. I want to say welcome to Brandon Rust. Cheers, brother. How are you doing? What's going on? Uh, sorry, I'm late. I was just so busy at the farm today. Never have to apologize, man. It's uh, you're hustling your ass off over there, and you got a lot of shit going on. So we're always happy to have you. Where uh, were you working at today? At the greenhouse, indoor, a little bit of both. Uh, I see you've even uh, got the lights and the um, little grow pod set up. Uh, well, what's the yeah. word for it? That that type of thing that you're growing in. The shipping container. Yeah. Shipping container. Yeah, you're a little sure. on the quiet end, Brandon. If you could turn your gain up just a tiny bit. Oh, uh, how about that? Much better. Okay. So yeah, um, the shipping container's almost done. I had the air AC guy come out and install the AC, but the, he just needs a little bit more refrigerant. So it's going to be finished tomorrow. We'll have that vertically stacked LED box for breeding and R&D projects. Uh, the greenhouses are going. We're prepping for all our outdoor. It's going. It's funny. We were talking about like grafting plants and like where it might be applicable. And I was like, well, in metric, if you had like an outdoor grow, you'd have this big mother plant in the middle that could be like one tag on metric and you could just graft a bunch of clones off of it in different sections but and i see you come in here oklahoma congratulations just fucking overruled no metric in oklahoma so cheers to the lawyers and the good people brandon rust who's out there on the news gets credit where it's due he was out there advocating for what he believes in and standing up for cannabis rights and uh, i'm actually happy and proud to see uh, oklahoma resisting some of that because i think it's a little bit over-regulatory. I think seed to sale is one thing, but metric 
and all of their wasted plastic and so many other issues uh, are a big, big issue in the cannabis space right now. Yeah, metric sucks, man. The the things that they require you to do. I mean, they want you to lay out every piece of material trash, like fan leaves when you're pruning, all kinds of stupid ass shit. And it's just like so unnecessary. Some of the, a lot of the things that they're requiring, we're not opposed to seed to sale or track and trace. It actually really helps. Helps me with inventory, but there are already co- companies that can do the same thing metric does without creating a monopoly in cannabis and taking money out of our state. I agree. I can't fucking wait for uh, metric to go the fuck away. <laughs> I don't like working under metric and I don't even deal with it that much, but still I have to do all the bullshit, you know, like you said, you know, weigh everything. If we have to take any leaves off and weigh all the plants, every single plant, when you harvest it wet, they want the wet weights and all that stupid stuff. It was really cool to see you on the news and, uh, really back in that shit, man, you, you're, you're becoming the figurehead of the movement in Oklahoma, whether you like it or not. So I'll be standing behind you when I get there. <laughs> Here's the thing. Like there was, because of like social media, I think some people thought that, that this, that I had something to do with this. And really the only thing that I did was spread the word and show up. You that matters. I mean? Hey, that's that more than matters, a lot of people dude. will do, man. Many it's a lot more. not even do that. I definitely yep. agree with what you're saying, Jack. So, and yeah. But you know, I saw a news crew there and I was like, I'm the kind of person that's going to capitalize on any type of opportunity that's available. And I have a lot to say. So why not, you know, go and get that interview, even if it's, you only get three seconds on the, the actual thing and you do a 10 minute interview, you know, it'd be nice if they, you know, release those interviews for the public to see too, because I, it's I three know. seconds now, but it'll be 10 minutes in a year. And then it'll be hours in the future. You're going to be giving talks to schools about prohibition in 20 years. Watch. Possibility, man. We definitely, uh, Is that what you want to do? <laughs> yeah. So I had a conversation with my girlfriend about everything that's kind of taking place and how, so there's a, there's a, there's a saying, right? It comes from comic books and I love comic books, Stanley, um, you know, with great power comes great responsibility. So, well, you know, the way that I look at it is if a certain responsibility falls on my shoulders, I should probably, you know, take that upon myself and use it to, for the betterment of everything uh, that I'm doing as far as like food, farming, agriculture, health, wellness, um, And really what, you know, my goal here is the reason why I need people to get behind me is because I can't do what I'm going to do if collectively people don't protect it. And so in a way it is kind of selfish, but at the same time, um, it's the only way to go about doing it, you know, creating communities uh, to fight back against shitty legislations and bureaucracy I mean, if I can help, I'm going to do what I can. I'm, I feel like it's re- I should be responsible for, like, you know, showing how to do the land bioremediation, showing people, like, hey, this is a lot simpler and cost-effective and all that other stuff that I'm just 
you know, I'm just trying to grow weed as best as I can, as cheaply as I can and have a, but you're being humble and I'm not trying to blow smoke up your ass, but you came from California where you were in prison for cannabis crime and you went to Oklahoma where you saw more opportunity. And I think this is like an American sort of success story in a way, in that you left a place that the regulation wasn't working in your favor. You were put behind bars over something that you love. You knew that it wasn't right. And it was just a matter of time before laws turned around when they did here. We have metric in California. It's not the best. It's not as easy for people to get into the game. You were able to move to Oklahoma and set up a business and be successful. And I'm happy for you. And I think that you should be one of those people who's standing on the front line saying, like, look at these opportunities that we have here. This is a a new place doing business in cannabis. And it's all legal. We're doing everything above board. All people, too. The guy that has fucking all these felony convictions has done two prison terms is able to to show i guess it is you know because i'm showcasing like look look where i come from dude i come from fucking nothing i don't come from a rich fucking powerful family dude i fucking come from the streets so being able to like tell people hey you can do this too it's just all about like you got to be willing to just give everything up on a fucking moment's notice to go follow your dreams i mean dude i've been doing this shit for i did it for 18 years before i was on the legal market and it was like you can't wait around for opportunity. That's one of the things. You make opportunity. You figure out where the opportunities are and you capitalize. You, f- you make a plan. You fucking write that shit out. It's, people, you know, you got to understand once you start changing your perspectives and your mentality on things, the the opportunities that you can make happen become more abundant. I think uh, Matthew... Giving up everything... Being ready to be able to give up everything for something you're passionate about is uh, a lot, right? Obviously. It is. (laughs) And not everybody can do that. You know, people have families, you know, and they have to support and they can't go and just up and move or they can't just go quit their job. But that's not true, right? Because there's always a way. I mean, fuck, you might have to only sleep four hours a night for the next, you know, year, but with that amount of time, if you're using it wisely and you're productive with it and you have a goal in mind and you, and you stick to those goals, you figure out how to do it. That one year that's going to be stressful is going to turn into a year the next year that is going to be less stressful, more profitable, more peaceful, more family time, all the things that it's all about perseverance. Really. You can't have, a negative attitude and you can't gaslight yourself. That's what I see a lot of times, dude. Like, Oh yeah. You know, feeling like in feelings of inadequacy or, you know, that feeling like when you just don't want to get out of bed, you know, if that's a common occurrence in your life, you have to, you have to train your brain to, to think different. So that way you're like, you wake up, you're ready to go, go eat, start the day, go hustle, you know, like don't slow down, dude, just get it. I have something to be motivated for. Embrace the suck. Um, Yes, (laughs) it's gonna suck, dude. I don't. I don't like it. My girlfriend don't like it. But we know that after a little while, it's gonna pay off. We'll have our own little homestead of our own. We'll still be doing the farm. Well, you know, it'll all come come together. You know, all the pieces are falling in place. And I definitely want to echo the sentiment you had earlier that it is a. having that level of influence whatever any modicum of influence really 
kind of grants you a level of responsibility or at least whether you choose to accept or not about like making sure the information is good and making sure that people get the right stuff because there's tons of people trying to profit other people with with bad info or or bad intent and i definitely think that the cannabis industry has that we've all talked about it so it's honestly really refreshing to see you come out with your history uh, that was one of the things that attracted me to you in the first place is that, uh, you know, you were earnest and still are, and you're trying to make a better situation for as many people as possible, like me and like other people on the panel. We're just trying to share that information. I've even be, been attacked. People will be openly hostile to people like yourself who are trying to articulate this information to people because maybe uh, that takes, you know, that takes an easy it's like the mechanic that does that resents the person with a Google, you know, search engine so that they can like look up how to do their own oil or something trivial that they were, you know, charging hundreds of dollars for or something. You know, when I see that kind of stuff, it really, you know, really burns me. And I'm glad to, that people like you are out there, you know, working, honestly, you know, there's a lot of stress and uh, as much as you might want to minimize it, uh, but there's a lot of things that, doing those sorts of things to your body, to your mind, even if it's for the best, eventually, uh, uh, there is, um, there is a negative effect there and it is a sacrifice, you know, um, maybe it doesn't feel that way because it's your passion, but work is work, even passionate work, especially yeah. passionate work. You're never out of options till you stop looking. And, um, the one thing I, I just had to agree with you, Brandon, it's like some people aren't going to go to that extreme, like, um, moving across the country to follow their dream. But I think, having done that myself like I was in grad school pursuing something that I thought was what I wanted to do realized it wasn't and then I moved, picked up left Florida and moved back to the west coast where I'm much happier now and sometimes uh, it might be difficult in that moment but once you take the action to do it, uh, it in the long term it's just crazy to think where you were when you came over to my place where I'm at now we made tie-dye shirts on 420 a few years ago and you were doing Swirsky tests with the uh, banker plants and that little spot that you had over by the casino here in San Diego and just going from what you had then to where you are right now, it wasn't like it was a huge amount of time. So you put in a ton of work to be where you're at. So I think it's nice to get to see you enjoy the success, but also realize that you're still hustling your ass off to get even uh, further with what you're doing in that operation. Yeah. Yeah. The work hasn't stopped yet. You got to keep motivated. So I'm curious with all that stuff on your plate, what uh, most excites you right now with all that you got going on? Well, I'm with all the data that I collect, seeing how things react, understanding what I'm adding, I'm getting a really, really deep understanding of the internal biomechanics of these plants understanding exactly what these things do. It's not like when people say, oh, nitrogen is going to help make foliage. And, you know, it's like, yeah, it's not exactly right. You know, but being able to understand how boron can increase the photosynthetic capacity and the carbon dioxide uptake of plants because it has the ability to regulate stomata opening and closing. Understanding the fine balance between, you know, the... You, what it what would be considered a deficiency, which would cause, you know, the production or metabolism of 
a certain operation to speed up or slow down, depending on if it's too much or too little. There's all these really, really like, it's psychedelic really. I mean, there's so many different pathways and things happening that I can spend the rest and I will be spending the rest of my life, you know, understanding what's happening within the plant itself. And, and and how how it outwardly expresses these these internal things that I'm collecting data on. I used to write, and I think I still may on all my posts. Hashtag always learning, because as much as you might think you know, there's always something more to be learned. And um, I'm curious, do you have thoughts on CO2? Are you implementing CO2 in your indoor? And um, what's the concept with your uh, greenhouse? Is it fresh air? Yeah, so <clears throat> we don't run CO2 in the greenhouses because we have giant, like, you know, six-foot fans or however big they are. And they move such a huge volume of air that it would never be sufficient. You know, it just – it would just be an insufficient use. It would be a waste of money. So no, we don't do that for our indoor. My little box, I'll have a CO2 system set up in there and for in the indoors uh, spots, they have CO2. Um, CO2 really only helps if you've already optimized your environment and your growing conditions, like you have sufficient nutrients and everything's balanced. Um, where your plant is fully photosynthesizing, where it's in, you know, really go mode. And the only thing that could be slowing it down would be the absorption of CO2, in which case you can add CO2. But then also, because you have higher levels of CO2, there are certain mineral elements that you can increase to, you know, make it so that the efficiency of the plant's usage of that carbon um, is, I guess, uh, it just has a greater efficiency. So like I have 1300 to 1900 PPM with no supplementation in my environment. Because you're using soil in a small space. And just my house, it's two people, a uh, small space with two cats. So we are pumping out a lot of CO2 when we're here. Mm -hmm. And so it kind of, when we seal everything up, even with like fans and exhaust and everything, it stays well over a thousand. So you were saying that there might be something that you could, what would you um, maybe add to your soil if you knew that you're going to have higher than normal levels of CO2 to take advantage? Yep. So there's a couple of things. Um, your micronutrients, boron was one that, I'm, that I was just talking about. What I'm seeing in the test is that when I front load, when I front load the calcium, um, I want to, I want to also increase boron. Boron can burn your plants. Oftentimes when you see um, all of the outer edges of a plant that are burned, that's usually a sign of <clears throat> boron toxicity. Now, it has some pretty unique functions, and I just started learning about a lot of them in like the mechanics of them, but they do have, that's one of them that'll help increase uh, photosynthetic sufficiency. And then also your micronutrient like uh, zinc uh, and copper. Well. So I want to pass to Spartan for a second because I've been using his reamendment recipe for the last three or maybe four cycles. I've been killing it, um, but I'm, I don't know off the top of my head which amendment 
accounts for which thing. I know that there's gypsum. I know that we're using craft blend, um, worm castings. So um, front loading calcium is something I've always heard you talk about. And when I looked it up, I realized, okay, here's what amendment to push a little bit more of. So I'm curious, Spartan, what are your thoughts on the calcium early? Yeah, I do this. Actually, I do the same thing. I, I really like to front load most of my nutrients early in flower and then just let it fucking cruise after that. Let it do its thing. I don't really, um, I don't like push a lot of things late or anything like that. Uh, if I want a kick around week four or five, uh, I might just do like a, something like an enzyme. So like my malted barley or, or something like that. I'd use that, that gnarly barley, which is a mix of three different seeds. But, uh, but the enzyme's just going to break down what's already in there and get everything cooking. But I mean, that's all I really do. I don't, I just kind of take it easy. I don't really push them super hard. I actually wrote out the uh, reamendment recipe that you gave me because so many people had asked that I responded to it in a comment and I copy and pasted it. And uh, it's definitely been working really well. I'm going to pull it up here on my phone at least so yeah, I can read it. I don't it know out. if I could even repeat it. I don't even know. <laughs> Like I know in between, I know after a harvest, I've, I've been putting, um, well, these have been, obviously these have been um, reused more and more. So I've been reamending a little bit more, but uh, I think I've been going up to a half a cup now on the craft blend after a harvest. I, I have that in my mix actually is half, but I, at another point heard you say a quarter cup. So I like wrote that in parentheses, but I actually go for a little bit on the heavier end. Cause I figure if there's a little bit more there, it's not like there's so much more that I'm going to lock it out hopefully. And that's been the case so far. So I wrote the Spartan grown reamendment recipe. And this was like, as of September, cause you happen to be reamending your soil and you're like, you're like, all right, I'm doing this right now. So I'm just going to say it as I do it. Uh, it said, fill the pot with the used soil. We use the M3. Uh, then inside the hole, you're forming for your plant to transplant in there. Like, so if you have a solo cup of fresh soil or potting soil, you're going to transplant into like a one gallon. Um, you fill it with your used M3. Then he said to um, add 2.5 milliliters or half teaspoon of insect frass in the hole. And that was uh, in combination with mycorrhizal fungi. He said you could use re recharge uh, if you have that on hand, but there's a whole bunch of other mycorrhizal fungi products. And then you drop the root ball into the hole, top dress that with a layer of worm castings, add a layer of used soil on top of the castings, and that's where you add the half cup of build a soil craft blend as well as half cup of gypsum. And when I did that, I kind of run my fingers through that area and it makes like a slurry and it's like almost like a purple hue to it. <laughs> and then my one addition to that would be I top dress a little bit more worm castings on top of that real thin. And then I'll sprinkle maybe 25 to 50% of that with Bokashi. And then I cover that with rice hulls. And uh, I know he uses like a straw mulch, um, but you can also use the shower cap or something like that if you're using earth box, but it has been working fantastically well. Um, my plants are growing as fast as they did when I was growing in cocoa with the same or better yields and great quality. So I'm extremely impressed with the, uh, it's simple and uh, you can go just water only the whole entire time or add some worm castings here or like I use Brandon's um, Bokashi and also use his Amino N Plus as well as uh, Micro Plus if I'm feeling like I want to add a little bit of nitrogen or some more microbes. Uh, real quick, I wanted to shout out uh, C-Dub. I think it was C-Dub who uh, I don't know if he's in the chat, but uh, Spartan, I don't know if you saw Brandon, um, Jack. He uh, posted a product from each one of us, and it was really cool to see that. Um, 
I, I just wanted to give him some recognition. So shout out, C, shout out, C up. Yeah, that was cool. Yeah, the book. I think the Plant Packer and some of uh, Brandon's Bocaccio Earthworks products, I believe. It was uh, rosin, actually. He he scooped some of our, you know, black flag rosin out here in California. Oh yeah, well, C Dub from NorCal with that name, uh, it makes sense uh, regionally that you guys would be able to link up up there, or he would be able to access some. So I'm happy for him because as a consumer of some of the ATG Acres products, I'm very well medicated and feeling very happy today. So cheers to C Dub from NorCal. And thank you for listening and all the support. It's been really cool connecting with the community, man. Um, I'm just really happy that more events are happening and where people are getting to meet each other. I'm seeing other people in the community meet up. And I think that's one of the most positive things that coming out of this time where people were all sheltered at home and at place. And even if you didn't uh, partake in that, now that most people are going back to reality, um, it's cool to link up with some of these people that you've met online in the cannabis space. Most, more often than not, people have been even cooler in person than they are online. It's like, they're just as cool or cooler. And it's just like the best community of people. So I highly encourage people, uh, contrary to what you might've heard if you were a kid of like the nineties or eighties, don't trust people on the internet type thing. Uh, people in the cannabis space, man, <laughs> it's like, yeah, I guess people trust people on the internet now with Uber, they're getting in the car with strangers, but, uh, you know, cannabis space is definitely, I'd say 99% is a uh, really awesome people, at least in our little communities around here. So definitely link up with people. Yeah. I got a question for Matthew Gates. Shoot. Um, what is so I've been reading there's like a 17 year cicada uh upcoming yeah, brood event X. this brood year. 10. Did we talk about it on this show at all yet? Because I missed one or two. All right. Is it happening and should we we should we be worried, Matthew Gates? Good question. Is it happening? Yes, it's happening. Um so for those who don't know, cicadas, periodical cicadas, there are different ones that come out at various intervals. Sometimes they are not perfect. Um, the predictions we have don't match or because, you know, the climate is warming or cooling or changing in different places. So that affects their development. Of course, if we destroy some of the trees and other plants that they're feeding on this nymph, sometimes for many, many years, like, you know, you know, like, like four years, five years, and even more um, exact numbers don't come into my head. But as far as like cannabis is concerned, I wouldn't necessarily be too worried about it. Um, I would also not be surprised if some cicadas could feed on cannabis or other sorts of plants that they don't typically like feed or reproduce on, like kind of like um, kind of innocuously. Uh, but yeah, typically the, the, the real damage is done when they're um, nymphs, you know. So that's a good question though. It is happening right now. So tons of cicadas are coming out, tons of animals that eat cicadas are gonna be feasting on them after they reproduce. And if you're really lucky, you'll find some of those cicadas with the cool um, psilocybin entomopathogenic fungus that like uh, infects them and uh, the males in particular in some cases and uh, causes them to just uh, uh, <laughs> go crazy and um, spread the spores everywhere, which I'm pretty sure has been adapted into a couple of movies and video games uh, recently, that sort of idea. So um, 
so far we don't know of it in humans, but we'll see how that goes in the future. <laughs> I got a question from the chat that I think is a good one to get to before Spartan Grown has to get running here in about uh, five minutes or so. Uh, it says, the honeymoon says, hey, longtime listener, first time caller. Could you guys talk a bit about defoliation uh, before a Spartan Grown has to leave? They say, I lollipop, but don't really strip the leaves. So Spartan Grown, I'll pass it to you first. Okay. Um, yeah, this short story on defoliation is um, I always defoliate in in both situations, feeding wise. But in organics, I defoliate far less and far less often. And um, in synthetic feeds, I feed more or I defoliate more because I'm growing them in more dense. At work, we're feeding synthetically. We're growing plants in tight, dense. Uh, well, I don't know what you want to call them formations. <laughs> uh, and so uh, it's a requirement. You got to get those leaves out of there for airflow. Um, and because we can replace any loss of nutrient and anything, all that with uh, synthetic feed, plant available nutrients right away to the root zone, um, the plants are fine with it. I have done tests at home in an organic situation trying to strip in the same way in the plant it just stunts the plants it takes a while for them to replace whatever it is uh, i won't get into the science of it but it's got to be in my mind uh, some nutrition or something so uh it just stunts the hell out of them they just go slower um, so in organics i don't um, but i still will lollipop i do that pretty much all the time i try to keep the bottoms cleaned up because I have a mulch layer and you got high moisture right there, I always keep the bottoms cleaned up. I want high airflow there. And then once I get into uh, like day one of flower, I'll do a little bit of a, what I call cleaning out the middles and, and uh, make sure I have good airflow. And then uh, throughout flower, I'll just eyeball it. And if I see leaves, if I, I look at the plant generally, and, and if it looks like that, um, it needs to be stripped. And what I mean by that is it, does it look like airflow is getting through everywhere? And, uh, it, you know, it's, it's, it's part of the art of growing. It's hard to describe. It's something that I would have to like walk people through multiple grows to show what I mean by it. But yeah, I just kind of in the organic side, I don't really strip very much unless it's just a super bushy leafy plant and it kind of forces me to, but otherwise I don't really do it. I think that was well answered and uh, good good reasoning behind what you're doing. And everybody's definitely got their own place to stand on this and their own experience with, uh, I think it is one of those things that is actually strain dependent as much of a cop-out as that is to say. I've seen it work fantastically on one strain and not as well on another strain in the same grow, same size pot, same feeding, light, environment, everything else. And then I've also um, had it in my opinion, reduce the yield a little bit when I went a little too crazy, like Schwazi style, pulling off like all the leaves pretty much. Um, but the buds looked like mini baseball bats, which was fucking cool. So there was very little trimming and there was great airflow. So there was a trade-off. I got less bud when I went crazy stripping, but um, had probably the best looking bud structure from top to bottom. The bottoms were like A minus buds, like maybe Bs but they were like uniform top to bottom. Like everything was pretty much exactly the same look, um, except for maybe that very, very top, you know, apical bud of each branch. But for the most part, from the shoulder bud down to that lower bud, uh, it was really consistent. So 
I've had mixed results with the pruning. I went with the Jeff Lowenfels tech for the past few grows where he's like, if you have to remove a leaf, then you don't have enough airflow and you don't have enough space. You're either growing too many plants or not enough light, not enough airflow, not enough CO2. So I'm like, all right, Jeff, I'm taking you up on this. I'm only going to let the plant decide which leaves co. So I'd literally just grow fucking giant bushy plants right next to each other. And I had tons of fucking airflow, bunch of light, didn't strip shit off there. And it would literally just, the leaves would start to die. And I'd look every morning, every night, and I'd just, when the leaf would be 50% or more dead, and usually it would be so dead, you just tap it with your finger and fucking fall off. <laughs> you barely have to do shit. So by the time the harvest was ready, it naturally pruned itself and was like, relatively close to what I would have done if I pruned it myself. So I'll just throw that out there and uh, then maybe ask the American one or anybody else what their thoughts are on this whole pruning debacle. I pretty much agree with you on the strain specific because I've seen it too, I believe, you know, but <clears throat> I think uh, if, if people usually don't grow sativas, but I had a couple of sativas. You could leave all the leaves on and it wouldn't, you know what I mean? You could leave every single leaf on and their light was still reaching the bottom and the air had plenty of places to go. But most people don't get them thin, stupid, thin leaves. But I have big plants with huge ass leaves and I take those off. Like I, when I put it into flower, I just take the, the, the main fan leaves off of the main stems. And Eagle says that he's, he takes off all the ones with the red petioles, but some, that's probably strain different too. But yeah, all those massive big leaves off the, the main. So if there's like five, if I topped it and there's four main branches coming up on those four mains, I'll take off every leaf that's all the way to the main stem, you know? And that's pretty much it. And then anything that's big enough and that's blocking, I'll take off. But I'm in really dry right now. I don't have to worry. I spray my plants with water and flour right now without even worrying about it because it's so dry here. Right the environment now, makes like, a big difference. It's going to change. Yeah, so it depends on everybody's environment and their plant. And some plants like it, some plants don't. I did it in organics. I stripped them like a retard or a special person. And one plant came back like fine, like it was synthetically grown. And one plant did definitely get the stunt. You know what I'm saying? So, so it, like plant it, counts it, yeah. and stuff like spark growing how many plants they have at Bitten Canico. Factors. they wouldn't be able to grow that many plants if they didn't leaf strip the one thing i was going to say with the bigger leaves like the red petioles sometimes i'll tuck those as opposed to removing them to get more light or like super crop the plant that's got that larger leaf so that the lower leaves get light without having to remove uh is one way of going about doing it spartan growing i know this is typically the time i let you get a sign out before i pass it over to brandon or aaron uh, so maybe you can go check on the dogs refill your water refill your tray and uh, get heading over to the michigan bros grow show at uh, six o'clock yep thanks uh thanks for the opportunity thanks panel thanks jack for the host as, as usual and um actually welcome back i missed you for a couple of weeks so it's been good good to have you back i've been half out of it man sorry i just got too much too uh, medicated today or something uh shout out to chat i've tried to keep up with chat i did a half a way better job the second half of the show than i did the first half of the show for sure and uh yeah i'm spartan grown you can find me on instagram or uh shoot me an email at spartan grown at gmail.com I don't think you got to clean anything up, Jack. Appreciate you got it you. perfect that time, man. I, I don't have to do anything. You, you're doing, make my host job real easy. I'm coming back. I'm a little rusty. So you're like, I'll make it easy on him. I'm going to give him all the plugs. 
make it simple. But always oh, it's a pleasure to have you, Spartan. And you can also check out at Mitten Canico if you want to see what he's doing at the commercial operation over there. Uh, doing great stuff in Michigan, uh, Spartan and all the boys over at Michigan Bros. Grow Show. So check them out in about 15 minutes when we're all done here. They'll be going live right on YouTube. So peace out, Spartan Grow. Grow love. Thank you so much for uh, joining us. Also, a big shout out earlier. Uh, again, Dr. MJ was with us before Brandon jumped in. So uh, you can find Dr. MJ at cocoforcannabis.com. And then I wanted to ask um, Aaron the Grower, with uh, having recently seen your operation a little bit, what are your thoughts on this uh, leaf stripping, removal, uh, deleafing, whatever you want to call it, pruning? Uh, where do you stand on this? Um, I, I go back and forth on this, to be honest. But usually I go with the simple rule of is if a leaf is doing more damage than it is service, then I take it. So if a leaf is blocking one of the lower uh, stem, like stalks, you know, the shoots, I'll take it. If it's a big fat leaf and it's laying on another leaf, like directly where there's going to be water trap, I'll take that. I tend to Yeah, that's a really with... big one for me. Just wanted to interject there. Heck yeah. And I, I tend to side with the leaf on the top. So if you have two leaves touching each other, I take the leaf on the top to allow more leaf, just air on the side of taking the upper leaf rather than the lower. Now, if you're talking leaves down by the soil, cause that's a whole nother game. Uh, if you have leaves like kind of touching your soil, I, I try to avoid that unless they're just in flux. If they're sleeping and they're kind of just like hanging down really low and the tip is touching the soil, that's one thing. But if they're just always in the soil and they're not able to breathe, take those. And then also thinning the middles. I like Spartan's idea, but when I do that, I actually take nodes from the center, not just leaves, but entire nodes. So I just, that whole inside of the plant in a upside down pyramid shape is naked. Yeah. So it's like more bare from the inside as you're working out. That's kind of what you're saying. Exactly. Yeah. And that just allows more airflow on the inside. You know, when I, when I grow indoors, it's a different, different deal, but that's how I do it outside. It's nice though. It creates that kind of vortex. Like if you have an airflow, like in nature, your bottom 20% of the canopy or, or, or plant, I should say, is usually going to be stripped or lollipop. So there's going to be some bareness and then you've got this big bush and then underneath there, the air flows from below and kind of can shoot up through along that stalk and then rustle through the foliage. And uh, that works really well for a lot of the outdoor and greenhouse cultivators that I've seen and been able to have the pleasure to work with. Um, I think it's a great strategy. Mendo Dope implements that. Uh, Brandon, I'm curious because you've got a lot of uh, plants over there and a commercial operation. Um, where does the leaf stripping fall in your guys' line of work? Um, we prune all the time. I mean, uh, we usually clean up the bottoms pretty good in veg. And, um, you know, when we flip, we go and kind of just do selective pruning in the tops, kind of trim everything up at the bottom. We want to make sure that there's no leaves overlapping. We have good airflow through there. Um, we're not, we don't like schwas or completely strip leaves off. We're just being selective. So we'll, we will have, you know, quite a bit of leaves that are removed, but it's just to, you know, really, we have our plants are like so crammed in there, you know, so we're moving a lot of overlay is the, is the main consideration you guys do uh great work indoor i mean some of the plants that you're growing are pretty large scale like large size uh, after the stretch two three layers of trellis sometimes even four i'm thinking i'm seeing over there or they're just massive ass plants fucking skyrocketing through um it's i heard you talking a little bit about 
going for maybe some earlier finishing stuff. Does that usually come across in shorter plants as well? Or do you have some stuff that stretches a good amount, but still finishes in that, you know, eight week timeline or nine week timeline that you're looking for? Uh, yeah, everything that we're running right now is around eight, nine weeks, no longer than that. We don't really want to have things that go longer than that because we're, you know, a commercial facility and um, we want to have everything like really on the same schedule, to be honest. Um, Got to be able to pay the light bills, like not to put it like that. But I mean, at the end of the day, that's one of the biggest expenses and or AC, your electric overall has to be paid. Electricity, electricity and IPM is our biggest expense. Currently, we do a lot of IPM. I mean, that's why our plants are always so healthy and there's never any issues because we're in there all the time doing integrated pest management stuff. <clears throat> but I don't really see a different a difference as far as flowering time, depending on like, how, how, you know, tall they're growing and stuff. I have uh, Limarilla Fino that's like the Gorilla Glue and it just gets huge really, really fast. Um, and then I have things that like the sour cheese berry that doesn't stretch very much, stays kind of squat and stocky and still does, still does well. So. It's really interesting. Cause uh, when I hear a lot of newer growers getting into things, I think they all assume when they see that taller plant, it's going to be a much longer flowering time. But then I've worked with stuff like that has OG or OG crosses and they're not like super long flowering times, but they usually have a good two or three times plus stretch in some cases. And they can finish in eight, nine weeks and have beautiful, dense golf ball nugs, but they have that bigger structure. And uh, I personally prefer a little bit of a stretch because I think you can veg it for a shorter time and fill out the same cultivation space. So I look for that. But um, some people really like the shorter, squattier plants for, um, you know, smaller grow spaces or just fast cycle turnarounds. I guess they stay small and you can do multi-layer tiers like you're doing in your um, grow pod. So cheers to Lucky uh, McCossum, looking good over there. Always good to hear from him. He's been here the whole time, but now he's starting to get a little stir crazy. I think he wants to go back out. That's funny. He's, Does he uh, hang out with you on your shoulder during the day like a pirate? Um, you know, I he, he would, but I, I'm too busy and I'm moving too fast that I – he would be uncomfortable. Right, right. Um, he has a big space outside where he has got his cage. and He likes to have his own own space, really. That's cool. He likes me and stuff, but he's he's pretty independent. He, he likes his space. But he wants to go back to his cage. Well, we're actually coming up to that, uh, you know, almost six o'clock hour out here on the West Coast. We've got a smaller panel than we do sometimes, but I want to give a shout out to uh, Be Real. I got to go to his first dispensary on the legal market, uh, Dr. Green Thumb Slimar, and I'm dabbing on some Oz Kush uh, through a brand called Wonder Brett. But uh, yeah, it's got Be Real's label and everything, and it was cool to see. It was one of the cleanest, nicest uh, shops that I've seen in the legal market. And uh, it was cool to see somebody, I've been a fan of his music for a long time, Cypress Hill. I've been jamming out to their stuff and you know, smoking and uh, it's, it was cool to see his spot and uh, get to go in there. So cheers to them and cheers to you, Brandon. I don't know if you want to give your plug so then maybe you can go uh, let Lucky be where he wants to be, but sure. I'm not trying to kick you out, but I uh, want to give you an opportunity. To... That would be great. Yeah. Um, so if you guys, listeners uh, don't know where to find me, you can find me on Instagram at rust.brandon. Um, um, it's always uh, good to be here to be able to talk shop with everybody. Um, and I will see you guys next week.
thank you so much for coming. And you can also find him at Bokashi Earthworks, where he's got a variety of products uh, that I've really enjoyed in my garden. Uh, next, I want to pass it over to the American one. Peace out, Brandon and Lucky. Uh, thank you, Jack, for hosting tonight. You do a great job every week. Uh, we missed you. Uh, not to say that Doc and everyone didn't cover well, but um, yeah, good to have you back. Matthew Gates, Aaron, good to see you and hang out. Everyone in chat, I'm sorry I wasn't there more, but uh, yeah, it was really good, interesting. I got a couple good questions in, and uh, thanks, everyone. Thank you. I really appreciated um, your input there with uh, showing off that mutant plant at the beginning. It gave us a lot to talk about, whether it was a viroid or a genetic mutation. I'm still interested and uh, still curious, but uh, yeah, we'd love I'll to hear we'll figure about your out. reports back on that. And yeah. also appreciated when you uh, shared some of the stuff like the greenhouse, the perennial or uh, perpetual, whatever they want to call it, flowering plant. It's uh, yeah, cool to see that stuff. Mm -hmm. Next up, we got Aaron the Grower. What's up? Yeah, uh, really fun show tonight uh, or this evening, wherever you are. Um, had a lot of fun. I just really loved it today. Um, so shows like this make me really regret missing it the weeks I do. So really appreciate you guys. I am Aaron the Grower. You can find me at atgacres.com or at atgacres on Instagram or here every, almost every Sunday. Uh, thanks, guys. Thank you. And thanks again for having me up at your place. It was a real pleasure to get to see where you're living up there off the grid and uh, get to meet your wife and child. It was really my pleasure and getting hooked up with a big fat thing of granimals that I've been dabbing on literally since this morning. I woke up, I was like, you know what I've got the most of? Granimals because Aaron hooked me up. So I just woke up and started dabbing it and it's been a great day all day. So it was our pleasure, for that. bro. And the you great were, company. You guys were wonderful guests. Well, again, it was just a wonderful time, and I really hope to link up with everybody. I've met Matthew in person, the American one, someday, and it'll happen, especially now, legal in your state, so we can blaze down and uh, not even have to worry about it. Not that we would have in the first place, but it's going to happen. Yeah, I, I, there was some random dude at the gas station, like, here, dude, take a couple nugs, but I could give you this right out in the open, right here, no worries. So, yeah, that was pretty cool. Yeah, it's it's funny. The first few years you live in, when I moved from Ohio to California and you live in a legal state, you get some of those freedoms. It's like uh, almost like mind blowing because we grew up in prohibition days and things were so fucked for so long. It's uh, really refreshing. Um, even if it's not perfect law, I'm really happy to see things moving in the right direction. I would say uh, most states going green and accepting cannabis as medicine or, uh, you know, as an adult use market. Uh, I think it's a good thing for society as a whole, big time. Yes, I agree. Next up, and uh, our final person before myself, Matthew Gates. Yeah, Matthew Gates. Right, so I uh, wanted to say two things. One, I really appreciate the chat's cool questions, and I did try to answer those that came around. One thing that I wanted to mention was that um, Purple Thumb OG is going to be interviewing Rasta Jeff on Monday on the Neighborhood Grows show. So you can check them out there. They asked us to talk about it. Maybe one of us or some of us could attend. I think I'll be busy that day, but if anyone's interested, you should check them out. You can check out more information about pests on my YouTube channel, Xenthanol. You can also join my Discord server where we talk about IPM issues and I'm happy to help people out. And if you're able to support for $1 a month, which I don't think it's that, too, that much money. Um, it will subsidize my ability to do this more often, more easily. And Discord is a way easier way to talk to people than like Instagram, where not even all the messages get to me sometimes because the messaging system is so shoddy. 
You can also find me on Twitter at SyncAngel and on Instagram at SyncAngel, where I put most of my IPM content, I would say. But uh, we'll see how that goes in the future. And um, uh, yeah, I think that is about it. Um, everyone stay safe and, uh, you know, keep growing. Absolutely. And uh, definitely happy to have you always. It was uh, our pleasure this week. Is, uh, it always is. Uh, definitely advocate for the people to go support on the Patreon. Like you said, $1 a month is not very much. And uh, having access, one of the things is as you are now working with Cocoa for Cannabis, big website and growing, um, you're working with uh, Skunk Magazine. And that's been around for a while and continuing to grow and attract new people. And I've seen your page grow from before it said the 10k on instagram i think the last time i checked it was like 18k and it gets higher and higher and i know i'm not even at half that but i get people filtered out in my messages because it'll say like do you want to accept this message yes or no if i'm not necessarily because you can only follow so many people and if i'm not following somebody first i won't see the message in a lot of the uh, instances so it's nice to have direct access in a discord group uh, like that so if you need ipm any information matthew's your guy whether it's on youtube uh, instagram all over the place. Twitter, he's really doing a lot of great stuff for the community. So definitely support him. I know a lot of people reach out and ask like, hey, we'd like to support somehow. And sometimes they just don't even know that it's available. So I'm glad that you put it out there for those who would like to support because I'm seeing more and more people um, deciding to, which is a big help to you and your content creation. Even just a few bucks sometimes it's like, oh, well, now I'm more encouraged to uh, maybe make a YouTube video or make a post or do whatever it is, answer that person's question. And at the end of the day, that really helps a lot of people. So without further ado, <laughs> we have myself, I'm Jack Greenstock, as you kind of see behind me. Yeah, there we go. On Cannabis, the cannabis-friendly social media app, as well as on Instagram. You can find me, Jack underscore Greenstock, on Twitter. And if you want to email me, jackgreenstock47 at gmail.com. I do want to apologize to anybody who pre-ordered the second edition of 50 Strains of Green. I had a uh, quality control issue with the first proof copy I got. It just wasn't um, the same quality level as the first printing. I went to a different printer because I had issues that weren't quality related with the first printer. So now with the second more local printer, had some quality issues and it pushed things back a little bit. I'm hoping next week to have more information, um, but I did just touch base with them on Friday. Uh, so I'll have more info soon when I get that new proof. But yeah, I'm really thankful for everybody who has pre-ordered. I will get those books out to you. Ask anybody who got the first edition, all 150 of those uh, got them delivered to their door internationally. And uh, just so thankful for everybody who ordered and got them and uh, it's cool to see people reading them and I love all the feedback. So thank you to everybody for listening, supporting, uh, not just myself, but everybody on the panel. I know it goes a long way for all of us to continue to wanna to keep coming here each Sunday for a few hours and uh, dedicating this time to being with this awesome chat. We wouldn't be anything without you. Uh, the interaction has been amazing. I just uh, wish sometimes I was able to be more interactive with the chat, but at the end of the day, it's always nice to look back and read it on the listen through. So thank you all so much for coming. This is Jack Greenstock, signing out. Peace and love. Catch y'all next week. Always love.